0: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com.
1: There will be one thing that I don't understand ever. What do you got? Is every time, without fail, there is a new logo, a new team, a new mascot, a new anything. Yes. You millennials. You You people. You people Careful Never like it It doesn't matter Like mm. it doesn't matter if it's great mm. You don't like it You always crinkle your nose at it You mm-hmm. flip it off yeah. You say like what is this yeah. I can do better Yeah. It, it, it's just like Nobody likes Nobody Like I can't find one person that likes The Orlando Dreamers I can't find one person on social media that likes it? Yeah. Like, what? Because, why can't you guys is, like anything? Why?
2: Because we, we talk to a smart and woke audience, and no one likes the Dreamers, as they shouldn't. What the Dreamers? What, what, kind, of, what kind of name is going to strike fear into their
1: opponents like the Dreamers? If no. The, if the Jaguars were to announce a team today, and they had said the Jaguars, and I wasn't here when they announced it, so I don't know the overall initial sure. reaction, would people have said... I, I'm, or, no, don't answer that. I will tell you, everybody would have said, the Jaguars? Really? People, the Jaguars? People said there's not
2: Jaguars in the state of
1: Florida. They would have said something like it. There you go. So they yeah. would hate it. My point is, yeah. you can say anything you want and you'll hate it when a new logo is out. Uh, you'd be surprised, man. Did the, you like the jumbo shrimp initially? No, so... Be honest. Tell on yourself. I
2: I like the Jumbo Shrimp logo. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I I like the name, because I get it. Because first time I got to Jacksonville mayport jumbo shrimp so i was about that but i, I, judged,
3: I, hard. But you're I
2: judged hard oh, but you judged hard but you have to understand i don't know the history of the suns right like the only thing i know about the suns was it had the sweetest commercial ever when the guy was talking about Jacksonville suns like he was screaming it like that was <laughs> awesome like people back home knew that like i shared that that was cool so i didn't mind the jumbo shrimp because i get it you're in jacksonville shrimp are popular but at i'll be honest in the beginning did
1: not like the logo yeah yeah, and well, I will say it's a little bit different when you rename a team because yeah. you always have those people like, what are you doing? These are the Suns, yeah. you know, and and it still exists. Iceman was degree. good.
2: I like the Iceman. You the did, logo like, was the cool.
1: Yeah, I didn't mind the Iceman. What's wrong with that? I, if we did a poll right now, I bet people would. Like, it's kind of late on it yeah, because yeah. I wonder what people would say about the logo. Okay. My point is I'm not saying everybody doesn't like it. I'm yeah. telling you this right here. These people? Sure. You people! The ones that are passionate on, on social media. <laughs> you don't like anything! Like, you really don't like, I'm trying to think, like, I'm trying to think when the Armada... Did their thing. I thought I that the Armada. might have been well-received, actually. Yeah, and I thought the logo was pretty cool, too. Somebody let me know on social media. If it, but I think overall the feeling was the Armada was kind of well-received with the logo and such. But, see, once
2: again, though, when the Armada came out, it made sense to me with the anchor and everything. Why? Because Jacksonville they have a lot of ports. So I get that. There's a lot of ships coming in and out of Jacksonville. That was fantastic. Help me understand what the Dreamers is supposed to be.
1: A lot of dreamers in Orlando. Well, seriously, I think, I think I hear Orlando into the... dreamers. I, I think of, like, a charity. So do you not like the Orlando magic? I like the magic. Well, what the hell does that have to do with Orlando? What? Uh, magic Kingdom. Okay, well, dreamers is the same way. As in how? Dream Cinderella, Disney, oh, okay. all the stuff. I, got I mean, you. let's go ahead and call them the Orlando Cinderellas. <laughs> I mean, Done. Dreams and magic, and aren't classes. they the same family? <laughs> huh? Aren't they the same family? Dreamers and magic.
2: I just, I'm just not, I'm not a dreamer, man. I'm sorry.
1: And if I think baseball, I think feel the dreams. Yeah. If I think of, if, if when you're a kid, okay, mm-hmm. and now be, again, you're four years old mm-hmm. and five years old, and the first time you ever say, "I want to be," there are a couple things, right? I want to be a firefighter. Sure. Right? I dream of being a fire. When you have that first thing at, at preschool, yeah. and you say, "I," when I grow up, I want to be, it's a firefighter. Yeah. I still don't, although now it might have changed. I think a lot of people now maybe would say an NFL player. Brent. But I think uh, I think people dream of being like a big leaguer. Like we think of the big leagues, like baseball. Yeah. So like I don't think this the, is that far fetched. The Orlando positive thinkings or positive thoughts. Why no,
3: is this here's, that far fetched? No, no, I, no. like I, I
2: have the perfect solution. Seriously. I will come on board with Atlanta Dreamers one one little stipulation. Take the S, I'm sorry, take the E, the R, and the S off. The Orlando Dream. Because now you can announce, here comes your dream team. See, to me, that's that sounds a lot smoother. Because we, we don't call them the Orlando Magicians. We call them the Orlando Magic. <laughs> I was saying, so, just
4: give it a ahead. little millennial love instead of an S, put a Z.
1: Oh, uh, that, no. I was thinking that. You didn't like that? Oh, no. That's, that's even worse. It's got a little pizzazz no. to it. That's got some I G's say, in it too. Take Maybe some e, money side.
2: T- take the E, R, and S and call it the Orlando Dream, and then you got a winner. And then I will come on board.
1: But until that time, I can't co sign on it. I'm not even telling you I like it. But <laughs> I'm just telling you that everything every time I see something new on here, yeah. nobody likes it. Yeah. But, like but, Nobody likes it. Be honest though. Do you guys is, like anything? Is Dream better than Dreamers? I think Dream is probably better, but is it there already, like, the WNBA team? Mystics? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I feel like Are there's a WNBA WN- team, or there was one, or I feel like there's something that's already the Dream. The Atlanta Dream. Atlanta Dream. Oh. Sorry. Gosh, I know my sports. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Take a <laughs> bow. You, you follow
2: WNBA. Sorry. No, I'll, no. I'll start doing some more homework. I can, my bad. <laughs> L.A. Sparks and New York Liberty. That's, that's all, got Lane, that's, that's all, that's all I got for you. That's all I got for you, everybody. That's all I got for you. the WNBA. Not me. Oh, not me, oh, big fan. Brent, oh, oh. <laughs> who, who won the championship this year?
1: Uh, it was if you're such Washington. Washington. Uh, Washington. Washington.
2: The Washington. The what? The Washington. Washington? <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're right
1: though. I'm Washington, all over Washington's this. leading score. Uh, uh, I, MVP. Nice nah, from. Oh, hold on, hold on. Um, is she, was she Delaware? Yeah, Delaware it, man. Good. call. Co- okay, Brent. Give this man a promotion. The hell do you think I do for a living? I guess he watch a WNBA right now. I'm like, dead. Did you see the Jags lost? <laughs> Uh, no, thanks for telling. me. Yeah, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> and now, yeah. now we get every play-by-play for the rest of the game. <laughs> oh, Yeah, and then this happened. And this happened. Yeah. No, really. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, thank maybe God you watch Sports Center. Then maybe you can't have the Orlando Dream. Then I don't know. But I'm just saying. That, I'm not saying I like it. I just yeah. it, it's like you can't. I want to find somebody that raises the hand and says I kind of like it. Please do. I might well, give you a hat if you come if you call in and say you actually like it and it's genuine. I'll send you a hat. But here's the thing, though, Brent.
2: Like, (laughs) welcome to 2019, right? Like, we see this all the time on social media. No one's gonna come out on social media and spend time out of their day to give something props, unless it's like a feel-good story. You know what I'm saying? Like, take Jason Witten for example. Take Booger McFallen now. Like, dude, Booger McFallen every single like Monday night, he's trending, and it's not for good reasons. Because people love it. it, It's almost like a way of life now, where you find something you dislike, you get on Twitter and talk about it.
1: That's just the way we live. In. Hey, by the way, uh, nobody likes the dream because I was offering a hat up. Not a dream hat, dreamer's yeah. hat. Yeah. It was more this hat. So yeah. maybe they don't like the hat. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> or, or they're not calling in. They got to sweeten the deal a little bit. But, you know, that's interesting. You bring up Booger. And I, I do not like to rip announcers. Yeah. So I really don't rip them. Yeah. But I would be lying to you if I almost tweet, did not tweet. <laughs> yeah. I didn't tweet, but I almost tweeted the other day. Yeah. If you drop down from Mars and had never seen football played before, mm. Booger would be the guy you'd want to listen to. Okay. Because he will captain obvious everything. Like, if you ever <laughs> yeah. watched a game, like, late in that game, right? Yeah. There's, like, a minute to go. They're on their own 24-yard line, the Chargers, mm-hmm. and they have no timeouts. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and Booger, the, what, what made me think of Booger, is like, what? Okay, now you gotta hurry up the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you yeah, to hurry up yeah, the line yeah. of bugger. Third and We've been ten. We want to forever. convert here. Third and we ten. Time Madden. to convert. Yeah. We know you gotta hurry up to the line of yeah. scrimmage. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, but hey, but to be fair
2: though, like this is why I enjoy my safe space here at ESPN 690 because everyone's like, hey, one day you maybe you should be like calling an NFL game. I'm like, no, nah. not as long as Twitter and Facebook are around because I say one bad thing, I say one thing where I mess up just an inkling, just an inch, and people will never let me forget about it. So don't be safe so space. sensitive. ESPN 690.
1: By the way. The people rip you left and right. I know. They just don't rip. They don't go right at you because they're, they're afraid that you might be. Which,
2: w- which is the funniest thing ever? Because like <laughs> outside the cage, I, I consider myself a giant teddy bear, but it's all yeah. good. Oh, well, you are. That's why yeah. I kind of rip you as yeah, much as I can. It's all good, man. And I'll give it right it's, to you right and back. By,
1: you're just outside of reach length. Easy now. Well, for, for you or <laughs> me, because I, I can no, still reach you, you. No, you can't. Oh, I still have the reach. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, anyway. People really don't like the Dreamers. I tried to get no. <laughs> it. never
2: happened.
1: <laughs> people uh, are like, man, I, I could really use a hat, but not that much. Oh, my goodness. What's coming out of Jags headquarters today? Uh, we got folks in the locker room right now. And i tell you the other thing people don't like right now. Nick Foles is trending down. Yeah. Nick Foles just stopped doing press conferences. Nick Foles' patience and positivity doesn't work right now this week. Yeah. It just doesn't work. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. It's hard to digest. People don't like it. And we do like to be angry. I enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it a lot. No? But once in a while, I like it. Some people call it angry. I call it passionate, Brent. Yeah, passionate. What I saw somebody say, I think it was the new GM for uh, maybe the Pirates. He got okay. hired. and. He said there's a lot of frustration. I think a lot of frustration about the Pirates organization. He said, frustration is a close cousin to passion. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that speaks well around here. Yeah. <laughs> it we, does. We, we know all about that's a that. a great quote. We know all about I gotta that. I got to make sure I just quoted him correctly, but yeah. I think that's what he said. I was like, I've never heard that. Yeah. I've, I've never been? heard either. I've obviously been watching WNBA games, I guess. Yeah. When we come back, we'll <laughs> talk a little Jags on ESPN 690. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
5: we you know, we're going to fight our, ways out, fight our way out, like I told the players. Take all that you know, pissed off, which everyone should be. Don't make it combative, but, but we've got to be competitive. And then, obviously, we've got to play well. We have to have a lot of energy, and we have to practice well.
2: Kind of like us. Yep. Uh, Doug, Doug, Doug Marone said the P-words. I can say that three times on the show.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, you got a little... Uh blowback from saying ass three times in like 30 seconds the other day yeah, that's one tally them up we've got two more for the show hey yeah you're looking look at what i really wanted to do is a segment on kuz's vegan habits <laughs> <laughs> but i just was like a little afraid if my own kids well, were listening brent to, to be honest some people say i was cursing when i said the a word three times i call it being passionate that's right there you go somebody said it's okay to say that like sometimes you got to say it I mean, Doug, you're not allowed to say what Doug says all the time. No, not at all. Doug says the S-word like 15 times in our news comments. Sure, yep. At
4: some point, he's going to be the reason I have to use a dump
1: button. He will. Oh, yeah, you got to be real careful with Doug. Mm. Um, I kind of like it, though. And here's the other thing about it. I he's think real, fans yeah. like that part. Yes. See, and that's, uh, again, it's all context. It's all perception. But we talked a little bit about this yesterday, right, when we were talking about kind of that disconnect or, you mm. know, and we had disagreement on, on, on all that. But – I think fans love to say when you lose, like they want to hear a player. Now, uh, players will be accountable. Say we didn't play well if you listen to Calais Campbell. But it doesn't sound the same as if you say we bleepity bleepity stunk. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to hear that. Like if, if you say that. They will embrace you, like, and that's a little bit what's going on with like Nick Foles yeah. right now. Nick Foles trying to keep this thing. He's like, oh well, easy. I'm just like two weeks into this thing again, yeah. and I get it. We got to win, but he said an interesting thing today. He's like, this is where culture is built when you this. Adver- and what I think he means by that is I didn't see the, the whole thing, but the adversity, right, mm-hmm. and how you respond to it, and kind of. I get what he's saying. Yeah. From an, but, image, but, but from you're asking people outside from a Jaguars
2: that? fans <laughs> perspective, who have been dealing with adversity now since I was playing, yes. you know, so like since many of them eventually, born. Eventually, there should be a payoff, of, you know, coming down the road, hopefully soon. So, I get that. And listen, it, you're absolutely right. What fans want to hear is, yes, we stink. We didn't play good. You know, we played like you know what, whatever you want to say. And that's really the only thing that a player can say, because even if a football player comes out and it doesn't matter who it is, or even a coach and said, we didn't prepare well, we have to prepare better. Well, as soon as you say we have to prepare better, we have to attack our craft better. When you say that, the first reaction from a fan base is going to be, why haven't you guys been doing this the whole season? You know, like fans will immediately question, well, why didn't you prepare before? You're like, what, what makes you think you can prepare now? So. I get what you're saying there. All you can say is that, you know, you stink or you suck and you're on the next week. But let's be honest. You're never really going to hear that except for a few outliers out there.
1: Well, but I do think there's a little value today hearing Doug Marone saying what he said. Say, yeah. we're, say we're, we're pissed off, too. Mm-hmm. You know, just as much as you are outside the building, we are, too. Mm-hmm. That was disgusting Yeah, on tape. You know, and it's not a consolation prize. No. I'm just telling you, I think that's those are moments like that that draw a connection and say, we feel you. Because if if you don't say that stuff, it, it's listen, I'm as sunshine and rainbows as they come. I could spin you a million different ways, and I don't spin it. I'm I'm a positive guy by nature. But I, I can tell you, I had someone call me on Monday, be like, hey, I'll listen to you. It feels like you needed a little bit of a pick-me-up after, after <laughs> listening to you on Monday. And I'm like, well, I probably did, first of all. But secondly, you can't come in and sugarcoat that stuff. No. And they know that, too, and you can't do it. And even though they have to maintain a positive vibe mm. and, a, and a positive attitude, because if you've got a bad attitude, you're going to work every day and in this game, mm. you're going to go get your butt whooped on Sunday in Nashville. That's not going to help. But you still have to be able to be real about it and say when it's really bad. Like, there's one thing when, hey, we did some good things, some bad things. And in the NFL, a lot of things come down to three plays right and and we yeah. didn't make those plays well that was not the case on Sunday that didn't although i could tell you that the game could have changed on a couple of plays that Taven Bryan won the third and 19 one, which we'll describe a little bit later Correct. and the wall that says it all but it was an embarrassment so well, when you have to come mm-hmm. out and say it we just we we laid an egg and if you don't do that then it's hard to believe almost anything else you say
2: and it, it's the way you lost as well. And I'm looking at this more from a defensive standpoint. Where Brent, if you go back to week one against Kansas City, let's be honest, the defense, that was embarrassing as well. Right? Like I, it I was, remember but sitting, it's Kansas City, but, but so here's you get the a, a thing, pass, though, right? But here's the thing. So well, I'm not nervous, a pass. Yeah, but I remember seeing the press box and being like, guys, you know, we're in the flats, and then safeties couldn't tackle, linebackers couldn't tackle. Like, it was just... Guy would catch the ball, and all of a sudden, here's a 50 yard run down the field. Yeah. You know, but the standpoint was, yes, that's Kansas City. That's who they are. But you know what else it was, Brent? It was the pass game. I think it's something worse when you allow those things yeah, to happen yeah. in the run game, in the trenches, which, you know, people still relate to football. I get it. This is a pass first league now, and I accept that. But to me, football is still one in the trenches. And anytime that you get absolutely bodied, you get manhandled in the trenches like that, whether it's on offense or defense, to me, that's. 10 times worse than losing to a team who threw all over you. Because then it's like, all right, the quarterback played well. They have, you know, they have speed, they have weapons. But there it's just it's mano a mano, it's the mentality. And the mentality wasn't there uh this past Sunday
1: against the Colts. No, that's it's a, that's a good call too because I think, you know, you say it all the time, stop the run, run the football, yeah. but it is the principle of it. And even in this game, if if I were to tell you Jacoby Brissett is going to throw for three hundred and sixty yards and four undrafted free agent wide receivers are going to burn the Jags, you would tell me to dude you might want to quit. Sure. Right. Of course. So nobody would believe that. Yeah. So what the the other part of that is if they would have just stopped the run at some mid level kind of way. Mm-hmm. You didn't think that receiving core in the passing game would burn you. yeah. And so that's what makes it even more frustrating. I mean, you're right. I think you're right about the run mentality, even though it's a passing. You can almost now, like, you can win by 20 points and give up 350 yards passing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Of course. So, yeah, you can lose by 20 and give up 350 yards passing, too. Yeah. But it's more acceptable to your point of view. And, and at least if that had happened against Indianapolis, then we could always say, Damn it, front office, you got rid of Jalen Ramsey. That's yeah, because yeah. of Jalen Ramsey. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we can't even, like, if you're a fan, you can't even use that excuse right now. No, Jaylen you not Jalen Ramsey... He wasn't stopping anybody, yeah. not against the Colts.
2: No, and then you, you you took the words out of my mouth. I was getting ready to make that point where it's like, say, you know, Brissette does throw for four touchdowns, 250 yards, 300 yards uh, passing or whatever. Then I'd be like, wow, I, I guess a cornerback had a really bad day and maybe there's going to be some new breakout wide receiver for the Neapolis Colts. Yeah. But then if you, you turn around and you tell me that two Colts running backs, one guy never even heard it before until this past Sunday, goes for over 100 yards, I would say, well, no, there's no way. Like, no, I can't see the Jaguars doing that after a bye week. I think they have pride. You know, they're pretty stout in the trenches. Well, that's what happened, man. So I think that's what makes it so more just unbelievable. And obviously, going forward now against the Tennessee Titans, you don't have a lot of confidence in that defensive line or that defense as a unit.
1: Here's the quote that will connect people a little bit. Okay, Avery Jones in the locker room today. Uh, this is coming out of the Jags locker room, but multiple uh, media folks. Um, including Action Sports Shacks. If you've got a foot on yesterday and a foot on tomorrow, you're going to piss on today. (laughs) If you've got a foot on yesterday and a foot on tomorrow, you're going to piss on today. See... That's that's <laughs> what people want to hear. You yeah, no, know? I mean that's just I've never heard that one before. Yeah, I didn't. I like I mean, it. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden he's become the wise old man of in what, that locker room. Well, he Jones is 30 he's, years old. He,
2: he's the longest tenured jaguar <laughs> there, and and that quote is so great. I might start using that, and I'd have to ask for my money that he owes me still, because that was
1: that was maybe <laughs> w- worth worth the money right there. Yeah. I'm gonna start using that. Well, I think that's the story out of there. A lot of people saying I'm putting that on my wall. Sure, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good one. So, but it does give you their mentality, and and it goes back to what we were saying yesterday, like that mentality versus. Uh, everybody else's mentality a different workplace like i can even i i feel like sometimes i do this in in my own job where i'm looking at the weekend mm-hmm. and we maybe have a show and i'm like all right well i'll figure out the tonight show from three minutes on cbs 47 and fox 30 in a little bit but i gotta worry about this half hour you know yeah. they don't do that in the nfl you don't do that in sports as an athlete you're trained not to you're trained well, to look at right now i'm not even thinking about sunday i, yeah. I think so at least no
2: so no you're absolutely right there and i want to cut you off but at the same time brent NFL players in this league, whether it's when I played or when they play now, the biggest thing that they have going for them, well, it's actually two things. It's their pride and it's their ego because they wouldn't be in the league right now if they didn't have those two major characteristics. And when we talk about pride and ego, that Colts game – and I'm not trying to be over dramatic. That, that that was an embarrassment, okay? Especially to their defensive line and their defense as a as a unit. And any time you get embarrassed like that, that affects your ego and pride. So I get what Avery's saying. You have to look focus on tomorrow because guess what? Now you have a very capable Tennessee Titans team and you're playing in the in the four o'clock slot now, national television, you have to get ready to go with that. But you know in the back of your head, as you're watching this Titans film, as you're watching Derrick Henry do his thing, uh, you know, on the film and everything, you know in the back of your head you gotta be like we got our asses kicked against the Neapolis Colts, and this can't happen again because my pride and my ego will not allow it. So I guarantee
1: that Colts game is
2: still in the back of their
1: minds. Well, pride and ego on the line this Sunday against Derrick Henry. How good is Derrick Henry now? I mean, how good of a football player is this guy? Is he just a once-in-every-few-week kind of guy? Is he just that tough bulldozer to bring down? Or is he turned into one of the elite backs in the NFL, that Tennessee has seemingly built their entire offense around the kid from Uli. So yeah. you speak of pride, the pride of Uli. We'll talk about him next. How good is Derrick Henry? Where does he fit in the landscape of running backs? Remember, everybody thought coming out of high school, this guy was a linebacker. He's not all right for himself in Tennessee. And, of course, before that, as a Heisman Trophy winner at Alabama. A little Derrick Henry talk. And, oh, my goodness, how are the Jags going to tackle him on Sunday if they couldn't tackle the Colts backs? That's a mystery they're trying to answer right now at Jags headquarters. We'll talk about it next on ESPN six ninety.
5: Really, it's it's a lot. It's it's everything. It's not just the linebackers. You know, we've got to do. It starts up front. We got to do a better job up front, and then it gives us a better you know better opportunity to do a good job at the second level, and then obviously at the the next level. You know, so you know we've got to we've got to attack blocks. We've got to get off blocks. Um, that's what everyone has to do, and then we have to tackle well. So. It's not just one group, one unit. I mean, we all have to do that better.
1: Now that's a little coach speak. Yeah. And that's okay. He's not going to call everybody out. But Mm -hmm. what do you think if I had to tell you, if I had to, and you're a defensive lineman by Mm trade, but if you had to go in there and say defensive line, linebackers, safeties. Who who am I calling out the most? And, And that game Sunday man giving up 264 yards <laughs> i mean
2: it honestly it was so bad where it's hard to just pinpoint one group but if it's me the, the ones that stood up and i'll be honest defensive linemen they get off the, the hook a little bit because it's hard to some kinds gauge what's happening you know in the trenches and things like that what kind of games they're playing exactly that kind of thing. yeah so from that perspective i'm going linebackers
1: yeah, and I would say linebackers from this, and we're going to show this a little bit on the wall that says it all, mm-hmm. or at least talk about it a little bit, and that is, I said it two times I saw in that game where I was like, please call timeout somebody, please call timeout because yeah. they're not even lined up, and one was right down near the goal line on the fourth down when, play.
2: When it's so important to be on the same page, when you have so, to be ready. It's fourth and one on the goal
1: line. And I don't know how fair it is to, to pick one guy out, but it's like we do with the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And and Miles Jack's the quarterback of that defense, so you got to get people lined up. And if that's still an issue, there's too many guys that have played too many downs together on that football team in this scheme together for a long time to be discombobulated. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I would pin it on the linebackers, too. And I understand now Najee Good hasn't been around, but he's nine years, a nine-year vet. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, to me, there's no excuse to not be lined up.
2: You're absolutely right. Like, or not to call like, the timeout. I can see, like, if the Colts come out in some exotic formation we've never really seen before, you know, it's like, where are we supposed to go? Do we call on the, the right side or left side for the strong side? This is a base formation on a fourth and one on the one-yard line going into the end zone. You have to be ready. You, like,
1: you, there's just, there's no excuse for it, Brent. Derrick Henry. Yeah. Speaking of, mm-hmm. the Jaguars get to play him on Sunday. Uh, I think everybody in Jacksonville uh, is nervous <laughs> on what that could look like. Yeah. And not even from a win, loss, stop, slow standpoint. It's more, I do not want to see what happened on that Thursday night ever happen again. And even if it's on a Sunday afternoon, but after last week and three times over 200 yards this season, Houston, Carolina, and now the Colts, we haven't even listed the Titans. Hmm. If we put, can you imagine? If we come in here on Monday, now this is where something, if I'm the owner of the football team, I might make a move. If in the three most important games, Against the Texans, the Colts, and the Titans, they were to give up over 200 yards rushing. I don't know how you survive that, quite frankly. I don't know how everybody survives that. Uh, On on a Monday morning in Jacksonville, I don't know how you survive that. And I, I I don't know how I could defend it. If I'm the staff, if I'm the players, if I'm the owner, if I'm the anything. So, But that's what they're on pace for, you know. They're on well, pace to give up over two – they've given up almost 500 yards rushing the last two weeks, both to divisional opponents in yeah. critical games. And now you get the best running team of all well, no. to play Sunday. I mean, take the critical games out of it. Take
2: – any team does that. Because, I, Brett, I can't name another team right now, even the Miami Dolphins or the Bay Buccaneers, who's done that.
1: Well, the Bucs yeah. have actually been very good against
2: them. yeah, correct. But, like, I can't think of another team. And, yeah, it's obviously – it's – it's even worse, and it's multiplied because it's against your division opponents. But yeah, if you have another game, Brent, where you give up 200 yards rushing, I and I'm trying to be as respectful as possible, but I would not even wait till the plane got to Jacksonville. I honestly wouldn't. It would be in the locker room where some changes had to be made because that's that's unheard of to give up. Back-to-back-to-back
1: to back to back Tommy Namski 200-yard games to the running back. You, you just can't do it. <laughs> uh, I, that would be a great stat. Somebody, some, somebody stat find boy. that stat. Yeah. Stat Boy, you got that stat? <laughs> get out of the basement. Has, hope you're okay. I hope they're feeding you. <laughs> and Let's get some stats going in there
2: again. I love how you treat Stat Boy. Well, uh, that's, that's what I picture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> uh, my imagination. Which makes me chuckle. Yeah. But uh, the... Uh, has anybody ever given up 200-plus three games in a row in the NFL? I'm sure it's happened. I mean, I'm sure it's happened. Uh, one <laughs> I team, know. though. Yeah. You I know, it's not like – I'm not asking have has a team run for 200-plus no, in a game. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying yeah. – and that would be three different opponents. I'm talking about the same defense giving up 200-plus because here's what does happen. And I'm convinced of this, by the way. I don't think they'll give up 200. You know why? Because they – all week they're talking about missed tackles and angles. Miss tackles and angles. And it will be such a focal point yeah. that they well, might give up 250 in the passing game, but they are not going to do it in the run game. The same are, thing
2: happened after Carolina.
1: same thing happened. And it yeah. does. It happens. Mm-hmm. That's why it's attention to detail at the end of the day, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's got to be. Because mm-hmm. when you put that attention to detail on it, both from a coach's and a player's perspective, it seemingly gets resolved. Now, we'll see this week. We have to still, still see what happens. Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. how did you feel about him coming out yep. of college? Mm-hmm. As an NFL player, yeah. probably surprised, uh, he surprised a lot of people winning the Heisman Trophy as good as he was with Alabama. But I sure. think also people are like, well, that's Alabama, man. I could run for a couple hundred yards for Alabama. Look at that offensive line. Yeah. You know, so how do you feel about him coming out and how impressed are you with what he's been able to do in a Titans uniform? Where was
2: where he drafted again, real quick? Like what? What I say that
1: was a second round draft second round, okay. pick. I should know that, by okay. the way. But I'm pretty sure he was a second okay. round draft pick, maybe around like 45. Okay. Yeah.
2: So I, I didn't mean to kind of put you on the spot there, but I like so, it. So yeah. So what did I think when you know when he came out and? I mean, obviously, I I knew him from college, right? So he he was a big-time player in college. He had the Heisman Trophy. didn't know about him in Jacksville because I I was completely unaware he grew up around the area. But from my perspective, I'll be honest with you, Brent. I thought he was a big, oversized running back. And if we look at the history right now of, like, the Eddie Lacy's, you know, the Kenyon Drake's, the Trent Richardson's, uh, of the Alabama running backs, great college careers. Yeah. Not so great NFL careers, right? So from that perspective, I thought what's Guess up. Guess
1: what pick he was? Number forty five.
2: Good call, man. Nailed I it. Roll Nailed it. Yeah. Sorry, I had to no, interrupt. No, no, you're, you're do a little fist bump. No, you're all good, man. But uh but my point is basically like yes, with so Derek Henry, I didn't think he was gonna really exceed expectations. I thought he would be uh, you know, kind of like a LeGarrette Garrett Blunt, you know, maybe like using the goal line package and things like that, but I, yeah, I, I didn't see complementary Complimentary back. Complimentary he's back, a thank you. Yeah, back. Perfect, yeah, that's a perfect thing. Well, and to be fair, the past three or four years, they had Deion Lewis as well. So Derrick Henry was the starter, but Deion Lewis was kind of like the third down complimentary back. Did Dion well, Lewis do much with them? No, well, he's still playing for him. I
1: mean, but has he though? No, I mean, well,
2: it- and then this is kind of my point where, you know, Deion Lewis, when he played in New England, he was. He was that dude. You know, I mean, New England's got a slew of running backs, but he was successful in New England. He comes to Tennessee. They make him the third down back. And let's be honest, he kind of took some carries away from Derrick Henry. Well, last year, specifically against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Derrick Henry just goes off. Highlight after highlight after highlight. And in doing that, that took some of Deion Lewis's reps away. So now let's fast forward to this year. Because, let's be honest, Derrick Henry's having a great season. And now they're getting him involved in the pass game a little more. They're turning him into a bell cow. Yeah, they right? are doing that. Yeah, so from that perspective. He
1: catches. I mean, I didn't have 35 well,
2: like Leonard. But. but let's be honest, though. I mean, that's that's more than I think he's had. Well, yeah. I think he's on pace yeah. right now to have the most catches he's ever had in his career. Uh, yeah, 15 is his high. Yeah, so from that perspective, I think they're trying to turn him into that bell cow. Now, I'll be honest. If I'm the offensive coordinator, if I'm Ryan Tannehill, I'm getting Derrick Henry the ball in space. On the passes as well. Yeah, because, screen plays. Well, it's perfect. Because the first pass he caught this season, 75-yard touchdown. Yeah, I remember that. No no big deal. So I think now we're at, we're at the point with Derrick Henry where I think he's dropped a little weight. He looks quick. He looks elusive. Obviously, he's still a powerful runner. I think that guy can beat you in a lot of different ways. He's not just this bruiser running back that you picture when he got drafted. He's kind of this jack-of-all-trades now that's very good all around the
1: football field. We're going to talk to Steve Lehman from Nashville who visits us once in a while, especially before Titans oh, games. Oh,
2: guess what? I saw him on TV, too, in Murray State. Because I guess Murray State covers like the the Nashville media,
1: oh, or, or whatever. Or like, Nashville, they get Nashville media. Yeah, so media. when I was in the whole you saw hotel, Steve? yeah, I saw him. I'm like, hey, I, I recognize got... that dude. <laughs> He's coming on Friday. Friday. Okay, I talked to him last night. He's going to come on Friday, See, and I want I'll ask him this just to verify, but I'm pretty sure there was talk, maybe trade deadline of last year, or at least the early part of last year, where they were like, it's time to move on from Derrick Henry. Sure, it's time to maybe give him a change of scenery. This isn't working. And then something clicked, and that included that huge night well, against that, the Jackson. It was that, the Jackson game that clicked. Well, he had started to play a little bit better prior to that, if I, my memory okay. serves me okay. correct. And then, bam, that was the breakout right? game. And then, and ever since then, I mean, he's been unbel- It's almost like they figured out how to use him. In a yeah. weird way, you know, like they were like, well, we don't have to just use him on third and one. or And I don't know that. I'm just saying that showcase like, hey, he's more than just this. Go get me two yards back. Sure. Go get me that goal line stuff back. Let's yeah. forget about the Dion Lewis experience. Yeah. Uh, experiment. Forget about all this <laughs> I, other I like stuff. The
2: experience better. I like that.
1: Let's just let's just ride with. With Derek Henry. Sure. And it feels like that's what they've done. And now, if you look at us again, slow start to the career. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's on pace to break Emmett Smith's record here. 490 yards, 744 yards and 17, but then the 1,059. So he has a 1,000 yard season, 4.9 yards per attempt. And now this year he's got 832. So he's on pace to run. a 1,000 again, in obviously. Six he's on pace yeah. to have his best year yet. 4.4 a carry. He's got eight touchdowns mm-hmm. this year. Last year he did have 12 touchdowns. So he's mm-hmm. getting in the end zone too. They are are utilizing them in those tight packages, those line packages. And it just feels like, it feels like to me, especially with their poor quarterback play, that an offense that was built around Marcus Mariota is now built around derrick henry yeah and this is really the first year
2: since the start of the season where they're giving him all the reps right because like i said deon lewis was kind of splitting reps with derrick henry last year until that jaguars game it seemed like and that's the thing you know what the jaguars like yes to me derrick henry had his coming out party against jacksonville now all of a sudden tennessee's like well wait a second maybe we have something here. Well, what happened this past weekend against the Colts? Jonathan, Marlon Mack breaks his hand. Any other week, Marlon Mack breaks his hand against an NFL team, they're like, "Oh man, well there there goes our season. We lost and you know we lost Andrew Luck, and now Marlon Mack's gonna be out with a broken hand for a little bit. We're screwed." Oh, here comes Jonathan Williams, over 100 yards rushing. Now everyone's like. Marlon, who? Who is that again? No, we, we got Jonathan Williams now. Oh, what's up? You're not on the Jonathan Williams train. Well, you better get on because it's leaving the station. Because now everyone's hyping up Jonathan Williams over one game, and the same thing happened last year against the Tennessee with the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry.
1: I mean, they got nothing behind those guys. <laughs> to look, I mean, it's just Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, really. Yeah, and and so. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. Jags defense made that nothing something last sure. week. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it's all about Derrick Henry. I mean, is it as simple as that this week? And we'll talk more about the game as we go along. But Yeah. Well, listen, it is about Derrick beat Henry. You any other way? Delaney well, Walker? I mean, is so, that it? Well,
2: here's the thing. So Delaney Walker, he's been out for six, seven, eight weeks he's now. He's always hurt. He's always hurt. But he's, he's supposed to be slated to come back this week. And if that's the case, you got to keep in mind, because when he's healthy, Brent, and if he can go 100%, yeah. he can beat you. He's beat the Jaguars before. So you got to keep an eye on Delaney Walker, and also also, Corey Davis is coming back now, too. Uh, A.J. Brown, you know, the, the rookie receiver out of Ole Miss. By the way, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, pretty legit guys, pretty right? good. Yeah. Um, from that perspective, I think that the tension right now is on A.J. Brown because he's been doing very well. But you can't sleep on Corey Davis either, a former first-round pick out of uh, Western Michigan. And... I I know he's trying to have a game where he's going to feast, but obviously this offense revolves around Derrick Henry.
1: Yeah, and uh, Delaney Walker did practice on a limited basis today coming back from the ankle. Very small injury report for the Tennessee Titans as well. So uh, we'll talk more about this football game going forward. And obviously, you know, I don't even know if we put in the big category anymore. I don't even know if people feel like... It's just like, now you need a win. I don't know what the win means. You just need a win. And I think it would mean something to the folks here to sweep Tennessee. It's been such an eyesore. At least do that.
2: Quick question for you. If you had to pick a running back, Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette, who are you taking? It's a hard one, I know.
1: I I still... I believe I'd take Leonard Fournette. Mm -hmm. For the long haul, for the long term, I think there's more... There's more there. Okay. Sorry, Derek. Fair
2: enough. I <laughs> know <laughs> so I kind of put you on the spot there, but that was my goal. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, that's a good question. No, I, I
1: probably I agree with you. I think take Fortnite
2: as well. a good well. question. When yeah. we
1: come back, uh, we're going to talk something we haven't talked maybe on the show yet. Eh, maybe a little We bit. just talked WNBA. Nah, something else next okay. on ESPN 690.
5: You know, we just got to keep hustling, working, getting off blocks better, you know, taking on blocks and getting off it. The one thing you see is that we got guys coming up and, and guys covering us up last week, you know, and we were unable to get off blocks. So yeah, I don't know if it's a matter of athleticism or whatever it may be, but I think it's just a matter of the, hey, when when someone's coming at us, hey, you got to take them on and get off. That's the one thing we're not doing very well.
1: No, they are not. That would help stopping the run and tackling better to get off some blocks. And uh, we'll show you that on the wall that says it all coming up in just a little bit. We'll do that at 430 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. And right now joined by Nathan Walter, Jacksonville Armada President General Manager. What's happening, man? Very good. (laughs) Yeah, good to have you in and uh, talking a little soccer, but some big news actually in the last like week or so. We're going to get to with the land agreement, possible stadium. Uh, we did compliment the logo of the Jackson Armada and the nickname, though, earlier in the show. We just want to let you know. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, yeah. and you we're weren't even in the building yet, so we didn't even know that. It wasn't oh. influenced. <laughs> it, was, it, it was coming from an honest place in my heart, Brad It was. Yes yes, 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 yes. And I think that was kind of – you guys got a heck – so we're talking about the Orlando Dreamers mm-hmm. and the idea of Major League Baseball, <laughs> yeah. and it's getting bad feedback. But you guys got a ton of fe- good feedback when the Armada was the nickname, right? Yeah,
6: absolutely. I mean, w- we did quite an, like the search for it and we really communicated with the community and the community had a real buy into it i want to say that process went on for about two to three months wow. and we ran a couple of competitions and people really got into it and um it, i can actually tell you it was out it was out of admirals or armada oh, and wow. uh and it, it fell we, we obviously made the decision in the end and uh, the Armada was just a clear winner out of the, out of both of them, but the community picked both of those names. So.
1: Admirals would have made a lot of sense. Could you have done the same logo with Admirals, or would it have been uh, no, totally different? I think
6: you could have. But so so here it is. So we're sitting in the conference room, right? And we're looking at these two names. And I, I came from a player perspective standpoint, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I said, I said, if I'm a player standing in the in the uh, the dugout, you know, ready to walk out, and I said, uh, go Admirals, or I said, go Armada. I just felt there was more of that strength for the Armada, and I felt, you know, and I looked at it from a player's perspective, obviously. Yeah. But you know, the Armada just gave so much more strength and, and determination. So that was a kind of nice little thing. It was nice to be a part of those days for that's, sure.
1: That's pretty cool. That's that's actually, you know, in a difficult kind of complicated process that's a very simplistic view and sometimes simple wins the day that's <laughs> that's exactly exactly it. Part, you know that's exactly that's exactly it. What the
2: athletes want to think about yeah, it I mean, that's, right. that's a great perspective to have right. that's
1: really good uh, all right how much do you hold like say orlando was making this today right the jumbo shrimp changed uh go all the way back to the jaguars when they were announced how much is someone involved that heavily in it the night before you're about to launch it do you not sleep and hope that it's well received?
6: <laughs> I have to say, we were so prepared. Like The front office at the time did such an amazing job. Uh, we had a, a gentleman called Matt Varecchia, uh, part of the marketing team. And he had literally, I was one of the first employees. And a couple of weeks later, he was he was employed. And that was a year before we even announced the team. So mm-hmm. we had so much preparation to get it right and, and to understand what the market wanted. So I, I have to say, he probably wouldn't say it, but... I would have imagined he slept pretty well that night, yeah. knowing that you know That's all his good. work had been had had, had been done.
1: The so. hay was in the barn. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, like, so, Hey, before I get to the big news of the last week and what this could mean, because I, I think it's big news and fun news. Uh, yeah what what's going on with the Armada? Yeah, right yeah. Now? Like where are you guys at? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's been so much change uh, with the league, with what your plan is, you guys' vision. That it's almost it's 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 kind of gone under the radar a little bit. Um, What's the latest?
6: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and there's a reason for that, you know. Um, we have been through <laughs> the, the rough seas, as they say, right? Some really rough seas, yeah. in fact. And a lot of it's kind of been out of our control, which has been the really frustrating part of this. You know, when uh, when Robert Palmer came in and took over uh, the, the club, 90 days later the league was de-sanctioned from u.s soccer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so can you Im- imagine as an owner you've just taken over a, an organization and you're excited and he was and we we got seven and a half thousand that last game in the NASL, and it and it was rocking unf was unbelievable it was so much fun and then to be de-sanctioned it was a heartbreak and uh, as you know uh, Brent, there's two different types of, of, of soccer in America. There's the franchisee, normal franchisee American sport way. And then there's the independent soccer way where we own our players, we own our club, we own our intellectual property and so on. And, um, and there wasn't an option for independent soccer to survive. And but what it did, it, it really enabled us to to press the reset button and really look at things. And we we obviously have the Armada Youth Academy where we have over three and a half thousand kids, and that's knee deep in the community. That's and been
1: very successful.
6: Very successful we're at all levels, community levels to competing at the elite level. Um, bringing home national championships. The girls have brought home national championships. We wow. have an unbelievable girls program, uh, in Jacksonville. And um, so the youth academy's there, and then. Because the pro team had to have this reset button, we refocused on the U23s. So we've always had a U23 college season in the summer where we bring uh, college players from all over the country and existing players that have been in market then go to college and have the opportunity to come back and train and be in our environment. So we have the U23s this year. And... As, the, as we talk about the next steps, um, the, it's going to be exciting to where the Armada goes next. So
1: Nathan Walter, President and GM of the Jacksonville Armada, uh, with us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. By the way, we thank you, uh, Jacksonville Armada, for all their support of our Action Sports Shacks Dream 18 over the last couple of years. Always come out. We love to have the sports teams out there and, and always a fun stop on the golf course, get to kick a soccer ball around a little bit, uh, too, and, and some swing and miss and some pull hamstrings and, and things <laughs> like that. But uh, speaking of, where we we were talking about this a little bit in the break. Where would Austin fit? Like, this is like, it's now like Austin's Where's Waldo to a degree. <laughs> like, where would you put him? I mean, we're trying to get him skating with the Iceman. He's going to play with the Jacksonville Giants uh, January 25th. And, I mean, he's already played for the Jacks. See, that's one that we all there can't we do, go. right? There I mean, we, we can't do that. We're not doing that. But uh, where would he fit? Yeah, well, on a like I said, field, I was profiling
6: man? him as soon as I met him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm thinking, hmm. Uh, I, I see a centre-back every day of the week in him. Um, you know, but he's good with his hands, so he may be good in goal. Um, That's not uh, what I was leaning towards. That's tall, where you're got yeah. good frame, good yeah.
2: structure, he's fearless. I mean love those adjectives. You know, Render, those me. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I don't have to do a lot of kicking. Like, I mean, a little exactly. bit, obviously, as a goalie, but as a center back, I feel like there's more <laughs> kicking involved, and that kind of, kind of, kind of make me and nervous. After, and
1: after you're training, you can't feel your shins anyway. That's a good point, <laughs> man. Shins Shining are shin Shins are don't go anywhere. <laughs> the big part of what we have you in here talking about, a possible stadium downtown, different than the one that's already downtown, that's gone under the radar but could be on the horizon. Next on ESPN 690
5: common theme has been when we haven't been able to stop the run is we haven't been able to get off blocks, we haven't been in the right spot, and uh, a lack of tackling.
1: Well, the Jags know the problem. Now they have to fix the problem. Stop the run. Mm -hmm. We'll see if they can do it Sunday. We'll talk more about it. We'll get the ball that says it all coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, We're also planning to have Rhino Halloran on at 5 o'clock talk around the NFL. So a lot more to get to right now. Happy to be joined uh, our continued conversation with Nathan Walter, Jacksonville Armada president and general manager, having uh, good discussions in the break, trying to sign Austin Lane up for a goalie, or at least as a workout player.
2: I, I'm not going to do that to myself, man. I feel like that would be embarrassing for me, from my
1: standpoint. We were talking, though, I did not realize this that you guys have the GPS systems. Like the, the Jags have GPS yeah. systems. But yeah. the Jags, like the NFL's the Rolls Royce, man. Right. I mean, they'll, the stuff that they spend money on in the yeah. NFL is like. Normal people don't do that, right? Yeah, and normal organizations well, might not do
2: that. To, to kind of set the scene real quick, my rookie year we had these pills that we would swallow, and what would it did was you swallow the pill, it goes in your stomach, and then they can come by with like a scanner, and they can see what your body temperature is. Each pill that we took, and keep in mind, fifty well, it's ninety guys in training camp. Each pill cost a hundred bucks, and then it just goes you know in the toilet, and then you have to take a new one the next day. So from that perspective, you're spending that much money per day, you know, for the entire training camp. Yeah, there, there's a lot of money
1: being spent for. Stuff like that. Well, I just know how many gummy worms I had on the team playing and I didn't even I wasn't even part of the <laughs> roster. Well, well uh, are those
2: complimentary though, right? <laughs> yeah you know, that's you what I'm saying. I bet that's you what were. I'm saying. It
1: was complimentary. <laughs> I, I know how much I ate and I'm not even part of the team. What happened to no sugar? No, that was a while ago. Okay. That's why I'm on no sugar. Now. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> hey why do you think I did no sugar now because I'm not traveling with the team at all this month? Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> that's why I did it. I gotcha. Um so, but you have the GPS stuff. Yeah, I mean yeah. the players must love that stuff. I mean, life is a video game yeah. now. Oh, it is. Right?
6: Everybody's mm-hmm. so the modern world's data evolved. Everybody wants to know it. Everybody wants to see their metrics, how many miles I ran, and you know our players are running anywhere from seven up to nine miles a, a game. It's it's just unbelievable. You
1: gotta so, ask yourself so, why the heck would you play soccer? I know, right? <laughs> well, and, and from that perspective, <laughs> seven or to nine miles a from, game. From, from that
2: perspective during a game. I mean, are you looking at those analytics and saying, all right, th- this guy's maybe a little more than we want them to and do you use that information to take somebody
6: out so there's so many data points now so so one of it is tactical right you can look at it tactically the way mm-hmm. that the Jacksonville Mario how we want them to play it's high pressing intense sprinting to press players down so we get mm-hmm. to see those metrics from a tactical standpoint are the players doing that are they achieving that mm-hmm. and then the second piece is right what's their loads what do the loads look like are they are they are they over their load for this uh, for this week mm-hmm. is there risk of injury you know you can do all these algorithms and work out that like potentially a player could pull a hamstring at this point like there's so many algorithms and stuff that you can work out and we had a top top head of sports performance and science um that unfortunately had to move on while we go through this transition but we we hope to bring him back one day right yeah and um but he was unbelievable a brazilian guy actually worked at ju did a little bit there as well and um just understood it and worked it out and i'll tell you this brent we uh the first year we had 28 muscle injuries when we implemented this system when we brought uh gabe zaponi is the s- head of sports performance and science for us we had four muscle injuries the next year wow, wow. and it's just it saves you the cost of the medical bills and everything just for yeah. some of these, you know, so the the, the technology is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't
1: it. lie, right? I mean, it's it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, those kind of numbers don't lie. And if you know what to do with them, right. you know, and that's exactly. the thing, you've got to know what to do with them. And it sounds like you guys do. Nathan Walter, President and General Manager of the Jackson Armada with us. And so the big news these last couple of weeks is this land agreement to hopefully build a stadium. And we heard about this years ago, the idea right, right to build. Right. And right. I think also to as part of that, even put some offices up and, and, yep. and everything else. And, well, it's starting to come to fruition. It sounds like, uh, you told me today, <laughs> it was introduced to the council committee this week, be fully introduced to the city council next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, yeah. What does that all mean in yeah. layman's terms? Yeah. Is this going to happen? Yeah,
6: I mean, it, it's again, it's going to come down to our lovely city council members to to vote on it, right? You know, we, we've agreed terms with the mayor's office and his, his staff um the mayor's committee budget uh review committee budget um uh, approved it right so now that goes to now the committees at the city council they review it uh i've met with numerous we still have many meetings to happen to make sure everybody's you know happy and content with it um and uh, and then it will go to city council on tuesday and um it just depends when they're ready to say, you know what, we vote on it, let's do it. And uh, hopefully it's before Christmas, maybe not. It may move into the new year, but yeah, so that's it. That's exciting. That's exciting.
2: It's getting got, close. Well, I have to ask you, Nathan, I mean, you you're great with the player's perspective. You were a player, you know, and from the player's perspective, how important is it to have just – a place to play to call your own right to, to have your own stadium to say yes i play here i don't share with anybody else this is my home
6: yeah th- you know i have two two uh, perspectives now so i have the mm-hmm. player side and now i have the business side right sure and and from the player side it's everything mm-hmm. it is everything to have we have not been able to call a place our true home since since we started in 2015
1: yeah, started you know? out with the, the baseball grounds Right, the base and mm-hmm.
6: right, UNF. unf and and you know and we've had to jump and and so from a player perspective, yes, you want your own place. You know where you come in every morning. You know what you're working with. You're using your own stuff. Like, absolutely. And mm-hmm. then from the business standpoint, it's everything. I mean, w- there is no stability if we do not have a home. And, um, you know, as I've really grown into this president role and to understand the business side of the sports and, and everything that comes with it, um, none of this makes sense if we do not have a home. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. What? Uh, so – it looks like it's on a good track. Say it gets done early next year or in terms of the approval or, or maybe next week. Then what? Like how long are we looking? And yep. tell everybody where it is exactly.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the the site is um, in, the, in what we would call the Sports Entertainment District. It's just on the north side of the Arlington Expressway. So there's Lot XX, Lot Y, and Lot W. Which is an outer parking lot for uh, for anything downtown, the Jags games, the the arena, anything. Um, and we've identified that plot of land as as a great land and a piece of uh, property that not only we want to be a part of the sports family, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're Jacksonville Armada. Mm-hmm. We want to be a part of the sports scene in Jacksonville, and so that was important on that piece. But also, we want to be a community catalyst and and, and to help. You know with with the, the east side community down there um there's many things that we can talk about about that but yeah. you know we really wanted to be a catalyst for redevelopment not redevelopment but rejuvenation within yeah, well, the area
1: building infrastructure helps that area the, right. those areas and by right. for the for the longest time and i don't know if it's still the case but they would build especially spring training facilities say in the state of florida in areas that needed that, needed rejuvenation, right. needed redevelopment, needed to to get a spark. Right. And it would – I think in some places it helped, some places it didn't. I don't know if they still subscribe to that theory because the, right. the minor league baseball thing and the spring training complexes have all changed. But that's the way it used to be. So yep. there's evidence there that at least in, in history, yep. some of these structures that go in, teams that come in, and certainly revitalize an area like Have,
6: that. We, we want to be a community advocate for, for those people. You know, we, we want to be able to, for them to lean on us and us to help them. And um, you know, and I know there's some great community people in that area. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Um, this Friday, the, the visit Jacksonville is, is doing something at Hemet Park. We're going to be there to do Q and As. And then on Monday, I'm going to meet with the Eastside Group, uh, the community group there, and, and, and discuss more. And you know, I we we globally soccer clubs are known for this community engagement this to be a whole part of the community and that's what we want to you know achieve here and and, and be a part of that so it it's important yeah it's i mean it's a great for us it's the perfect location for us to really affect the community
1: that's awesome Uh, i hope it i hope it all works out and goes through and i think of it from a bigger standpoint i'm sure you guys have too you don't take me i'm the dummy here but uh i think of it when I think downtown, I think of what else comes down. It's another thing downtown, right? Uh, it's part of the big thing why the Iceman came here. More events downtown, mm-hmm. you know, whatever does happen with Lot J, all this revitalization and development downtown. I'm a huge fan of it in general. And I know there's a lot in between there. I'm just telling you, I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of it. It's not a political thing. I want to see it happen. I think it's good for the city. Right. Uh, but you build something like this and what I start to think of is how many. Uh, youth events you could have there. How many, maybe do you get the high school football state championships to come there, or the high school soccer state championships, where they're always looking. This year, the high school football state championships were up for bid, and where are you going to put them in Jacksonville right now? Could you put them at UNF? Yeah, could you put them at Ju? Yeah,
2: it's hard Uh, to justify
1: Well, so they're in Daytona and in Tallahassee. Yeah. So not everybody's throwing all their money in for that. So I'm not saying it happens, but things like that can happen if you have another place that's of reasonable size
6: right right so so the great thing about a soccer field and a a soccer specific stadium the field is big enough to enable all those sports lacrosse Lacrosse, american football you know field hockey whatever Mm. whatever it could be and it it gives us you know we we do not have a facility in northeast florida that gives us that five to ten thousand like i don't even want to call it soccer specific but like Neutral ground where we can host those events. We can have high schools. You know, we can we can do all of that. I was just uh, I met with a gentleman last week. The Rugby League World Cup is coming to America in twenty three twenty four. He's like, look, this could be a great opportunity for us to to bid to host the, the Rugby World Cup in twenty three twenty four. You have the stadium, you you know, or we we could have the stadium, yeah, right? Yeah. We could be in a position to start bidding for these these events. You're hundred percent right. So
1: yeah, and I think about it twenty three twenty four. What does downtown look like? You know, that's not not that far away, but it's also far enough away where you could get some some serious development, Mm -hmm. uh, which might include a new stadium for the Jacksonville Armada. Hey, good luck with it, man. That's awesome. I think it's great stuff. Uh, I think it's good and and good. I I think it's kind of cool. I I think it's easy for the Armada to have. You could have folded the tent. Oh, absolutely, right, absolutely, and, and I love the fact that you've kept. I think I don't know if everybody knows about it. The underbelly of this alive, without necessarily in the public eye yes. as much, yes. but the underbelly to be able to do all this stuff. Hopefully, in the you know near future, and that comes down to Robert.
6: Honestly, his commitment to the community that that is that is exactly his driven goal. You know, he he took something, he got dealt a bad hand. He's he's believed in it. He's had to we've had to sail the waves and 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 surface through things and. You know, So his commitment, honestly, I, I can't speak highly enough of of uh, of his commitment to the community as well. So.
1: Oh, thanks for stopping in, man. We appreciate it. Good spending some time with you. Nathan Walter from the Jackson thanks, Armada, man. president and GM. will look forward to any of the news that comes on the stadium and also uh, when they fire it all back up on the pitch as well. It's a pitch, Austin. If uh, you're going to play oh, goalie, hey, it's I'm a pitch. I'm aware. And
2: listen, I probably not going to be the best goalie because, once again, I know there's kicking involved. But if you need an enforcer for, like, one or two minutes, if you need to take out somebody, I'm your guy. <laughs>
6: I think we have to bring him in this summer. <laughs> to train okay, sponsor, baby.
1: By the way, dude, if you do that, it's a red card. And now you got to play That's, with one hey, less guy. That, well, That's tactically hey, 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 a disadvantage. I'm just, I'm
2: just saying, if they're up by a lot and some things get said and need an enforcer out there, we're just talking about it. Soccer's not, I'm sorry, well, I'll call it soccer, but soccer's not as physical as it used to be, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, 100% right. Let's bring some physicality back to soccer, Brent. Oh, What's so up, man? Easy, Miles Garrett. Shins are conditioned <laughs> and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> a balling and falling plus the wall that says it all
2: coming up <laughs> on ESPN six. Can throw a shin pad at somebody. <laughs> The biggest thing about football is you can't let this week go into next week. You know, we got to put it behind this 24-hour rule and look for it. You know, put this to bed. You know, it is what it is. We lost. They kicked our butt. How are we going to respond?
1: That's Galeas Campbell, and again, that's what... I've kind of said, I think that's what people want to hear. Uh, it's like, yeah, we get it. Okay, now go fix it. Now, it's one thing to hear it. Now they want to see it. We're tired of hearing it. I understand. I, I get it. Uh, what else are the players supposed to say? Yeah. But it's now time to see it. And what are you going to do? Uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Stuart Weber listening in St. Simons Island. Uh, the RSM Classic is happening. Tees off tomorrow, PGA Tour event up in St. Simons Island. Uh, two beautiful golf courses up there. And Davis Love, uh, a lot of the proceeds uh, from a charity standpoint go to his foundation. But he's the host and has been for years. Great event, fun event, uh, awesome place to be. And Stuart went up there said he could hear us in St. Simon's Island. Well, you better be able to. We think we can go all the way up to Savannah, maybe even peek into Charleston, South Carolina here on ESPN 690. I like that. So uh, listen in everywhere. That's good. Brent Martineau. Along with Austin Lane. Let's do a little ballin' and falling, man, before we go to the wall that says it all. Ballin', Brent, has nothing to do with sports whatsoever, but I saw the news today
2: and I was excited, so it had to go my ballin' category. They are going to remake, well, I'm sorry, not going to remake, they're going to have a sequel to, in my opinion, the best movie by a long shot of the year. Joker. There, There's going to be a Joker sequel coming out, hopefully next year. So, to me, that's ballin'. Have you seen Joker yet? No. Nah, nope. You Can liked was, it? Have you seen Joker yet? No. So here's the thing. It's not a movie, and spoiler alert, but it's not a movie that you go to for entertainment. You know, this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill comic book superhero movie. I sat during that movie, Brent, and I felt uncomfortable um i felt awkward at some points and i kind of felt grossed out at some points kind of like sitting here with me i had pretty much yeah it was basically a, a two and a half hour movie so next to brent martin <laughs> but no but <laughs> so all these, it's not a date movie it, it, I, I don't think it's a date movie but if you want to see a guy with an oscar winning performance and joaquin phoenix you, you got to go see it. i mean his performance brent to me stands out as one of the best performances ever of any actor in a really movie. and i'm I'm including daniel day lewis in there will be blood as well who Daniel Day Lewis. Don't, don't worry
1: about it. Don't, hey, don't even worry about it, man. Hey, I forgot don't, about don't Daniel Day Lewis. Hey, we got to put him on the list, Daniel Day Lewis, for when we do our one year anniversary show. It's all
2: right, Brent. I'm still listening to you, man. It's all good. I, I'm right here.
1: I mean, what's who's doing? I don't know. I'm showing off our new captioning system. <laughs> that captioning system didn't work very well yet. Or actually, it did work very well
2: <laughs> yeah, yesterday. It looked pretty it? good, yeah. But I also had to talk like one mile per hour.
4: All right. Um,
0: you can blame me.
2: Damn, uh, John, have you seen uh, Joker? John Bachman, by the way, ladies have, and gentlemen. Hi have, you everybody. Seen, have, have you seen I have Joker? seen Joker. Oh, man. I have not been in the right I don't I can't I know you have I can't, to get to, to, to see that movie. You have to be have in to, the right mindset, I'm telling you. I don't have I'm the time. You. I
0: just can't do it. I can't do it. Don't go into that movie, Bummed. You have of time. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. That's what I've heard. You have plenty of time. I, yeah, I got lots of time. Hey, uh, real quickly, I got to tell you. I I'm, I don't know if we're going to a break or not, but I just walked in. This is what I do I just get and falling, but whatever the hell you got to do. listen, real quickly, you know, I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As you said, It's all good, man. Lefsa. Yeah. We were talking about Lefsa. Was that yesterday? Or that was yesterday. Yeah. So I told, I texted my mom. I yeah, said, I Hey, you you you'll that. never believe this. I got some lefsa at the radio station, and she's like, What? She Hell couldn't yeah. believe her because you know you don't see too many lefsas yep. in Florida. Yeah. I don't know if you have a leftsahs or just leftsah. Is that the plural? Is lefsa? it like deer and deers? Leftsahs. Lefsa's? Lefsa's? Just leftsahs lefsa in, in general. I like that. Anywho. She's coming soon, in yes. the next couple of weeks, and she said she's going to make us some. Let's go. Mom Bachman is going to make us some lefsa. Is that
2: fine? And when you say us, you mean just me and you because Brent was what? hating on it. Brent hey, didn't want to try hey, it. it is, uh, Brent's not cultured, so hey, Brent doesn't hey, get any. not going to get any. What do you think about that? Yeah. I don't care. Oh, that's fine, man. Wow. Wow. Okay. Just, wow. just, just sit over there unless and pout. You, unless you put just, butter and cinnamon and sugar just, on it. Just sit over there and pout bed, man. Unbelievable. You does, can do that. I does like
1: does butter. Does it travel well?
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it does. It's well, not too shabby. My, my, when my mom leaves, she'll, she'll make us a bunch and we'll put it in the freezer. And then when we want it, Mouth we is just watering. defrost it. Oh, sure. Warm it up. And Mouth like, is watering. Out, out, I would imagine. It's Viking bread. I mean, yeah. of course it travels I was,
1: well. I was going to say, it, it, it should it travel this- well. It tastes like paper. Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> now, hey. <laughs> Hey, the we, shoe, off <laughs> the shoe
1: oh, oh, man.
2: <laughs> After all the stuff that we're talking about, racial injustices in this world, and, oh. now, and now you have to attack a culture.
1: I didn't wow. attack a culture. You, you attacked a culture, careful right? that. Careful that. Do you that. like every bit of Chinese food? Oh yeah pretty much i mean I don't know.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a challenge that sounds like a challenge brent hey, hey i'm just
2: gonna establish right now brent i you are in with arms reach away from me okay yeah, you're and, double and well i can get closer with my chair it's not a big deal and i'm playing right now that's why we hold the cameras here i will not be talked down to by someone who looks like they're a chaperone at an alternative school for a middle school prom right now does he look like that Looks, looks like the cool guy at an alternative school chaperone at a prom. It's like, hey, I saw you guys doing cigarettes, but it's okay. I'm the cool chaperone. Just go, go back and dance. I won't the tell anybody. The one doesn't
4: tell you to whoa. leave room for
2: Jesus. Yeah. Whoa. Thanks, Mister Martin. No, you're the coolest. You got it, kids. That, that's you yeah. right now. And he's red. Right. I mean, he's red, man. You got and him. You got him. And him on that one. You will not talk
1: down to hey, me. Like, God, make sure okay. the uh, camera picks up his shade uh, of red there. That's the, outstanding. Uh, I still think the best part of this show. Is when when Austin goes to the well, clothing well, when department. You,
2: when you get me heated, that's what's gonna happen. All right, <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> oh,
1: don't wow. don't talk bad about yeah. my culture. <laughs> All that for lefse? <laughs> I would have died on a on a better vine than that, man. <laughs> I
2: would have saved that for something better. Well, to be fair, if you ever tried like the cuisine of you know Scandinavian countries, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, we are bringing a lot to the table, man. What else
1: is there actually? Well, Lutifus, you think lefse meatballs. is bad? You should try lutefisk, buddy. <laughs>
0: that that'll grow hair on your chest, as we used to say.
1: I, I go to the when you go to Epcot, you go to the different countries. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. they have all that in Norway? I've never been to Epcot. I assume they do,
2: yeah. Hey, they gotta... I've never been to Epcot. Uh, sorry. Wow. I mean, I've How been to Epcot, been but I'll be honest, I don't know the answer to that S- question, Brent. six years. <laughs> and, and it makes me even more <laughs> upset. I was in Disney. Like, when I was a kid, we did a road trip down to Disney, but we didn't go to Epcot.
1: That wasn't the educational one. No, no. We were the, uh, just roller coasters, so you Have you been to Disney since you've been in Florida? Yeah. Well, uh, is, is like
2: the Harry Potter world, that whole thing? Is that uh, like that's Disney? universal. Then no, That's I, universal. I haven't
1: been to Disney then. So you've been to Universal? Yeah, I've been to Universal. For, we could take on, a road man. trip.
2: Halloween Horror Nights.
1: We might have to take a road trip. Where were the
0: ESPN? We couldn't be able to do this. Oh, I would I would think you could get that happening. Disney,
1: yeah. Maybe will promote Disney Plus a little bit. A little oh, bit. now
0: we're talking a yeah. free membership? Yeah. I like that. Plus, don't hey, Nick, that, can they, you work hey, on that? Disney does do media passes, too. It used to a lot more. Well, I think they still, uh, last they I do. checked, they it do. in two a year. They still do? Two oh, a yeah. year. Oh, yeah,
4: Austin probably doesn't know about that. You get two a year.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My wife's buying Disney tickets today, to Like, so she's probably like, hey, maybe we should, I, I won't make that phone call. someone going to tell me I get free passes to Disney every single year, or <laughs> are <laughs> just
0: going to let those go to the wayside?
1: I okay, think, okay, yeah, think Brett was, was
0: taking yours and pocketing them, probably I think. He probably was.
1: We're by by the way, I'll also give you a free ticket to the Orlando Dreamers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, listen, I missed that whole conversation. I know you don't want to relive it, but I just saw the logo, and... First of all, the name itself, I, I, go. Not, no, I, I will, I'll stop. No, no, John, no, no, no. what do you got to say? I, I just think are it's you a kinda, fan or not? I'm not a fan. And John's not a millennial and he's not he's a fan. Not. I'm way past millennial. Put for the the way. I learned today Put that millennial goes to 40? 40, yeah, the oldest it's, millennials are 40. We've changed that. No, no, I think that's always been the case. No way. Mm. Uh, well, I, I didn't change it. <laughs> I mean, who changed it? it? Who changed it, Brent? There's no way millennial was up to no. 40s. Well, yeah, because it's the go- first time
1: I've ever heard that I today. read
0: this just in every year that goes by the millennials get older. That's fair. So five right. years I ago, so five years ago, the millennials went to thirty five. That's how it works. Can you go? This wow. is just in.
1: Yeah, because I don't know if I trust that. Let's go and get but some... I can
0: tell you that regardless, I'm past it. I'm, I mean, I guess yeah. I'd love to be still, but I'm not.
1: Yeah. Do you hate all logos like millennials or just that
0: one? <laughs> I do not hate all logos like millennials. That's that is not true. <laughs> and here I'm trying to attract not, yeah. millennials like don't well, like logos what no, i is that part. Well, no, they don't. Okay. Is, okay. Is the hip thing, oh, first of all, all, millennials thing. don't like anything. Millennials no. are okay. those
4: between the years they like social of media. 81 and 96. Yeah. So the oldest would be 38.
2: Huh?
4: Well, um, the almost there!
2: And here's the thing yeah. that's, that's upsetting on my, on my perspective is I say one little thing about Wendy's, how I didn't like their chicken sandwich, and I get, oh, we gotta watch out for our sponsorships. Might be a sponsor one day. And you just take a whole generation, drag them through <laughs> the mud. Yeah. Some of our listeners, I'm sure. Well, hopefully a lot of your no one, listeners. No, no one even puts Brent in check. No one even calls him out. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to hit on millennials the whole time.
1: Oh, it is what it is. <laughs> Call it like I see it. Brent is calling well, the shots. Right don't just don't for do. the I record, like, John likes millennials,
0: millennials. <laughs> Wendy's might. <laughs> I, I, wanted to make, I wanted to know that John Bachman likes millennials. <laughs> you I work do. with a whole no, lot of them. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I like a, I like millennials. That's that's we a lean endorsement. We
1: actually had, we're not going to get into this too deep, but we actually had a whole meeting today about millennials we in did. TV really? land. Yeah, we did. Wow. I like it, too. Yeah. Changed the game, baby. Okay. Like we kind of have already done a little bit so here on the radio. Like, so. What
2: was the meeting? Just like some new verbiage,
1: some new terms that you have to use on, I, on I the air? I just think now that you, when you talk in our industry, yeah. we're talking about that age group. Gotcha. Yeah, for sure. So it's like we we never, I don't think we ever really targeted or or people targeted and whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe they did, like the baby boomers. Advertisers
0: want folks in the 25 to 54 demographic. Well, guess what? Baby boomers are aging out of that age group. So now you've got, as we just mentioned, millennials are up to age 38, 40, depending on where you're looking. And that's virtually halfway through into the demo group that advertisers want. So that's how that works. Hey, so, by the way, millennials are balling. Um, yeah. My balling
1: is, uh, you know, I actually like what they did in Orlando today. I don't know if I fully understand it. yeah. But I have no idea. I have no problem. Like Again, I, I think a lot of people said, what are we doing here? Major League Baseball, we need another franchise in Florida. For, for, nobody goes to games. Didn't work so well for Tampa. No, but I... Miami? Well, it has worked for the yeah. Lightning. It it, it has yeah. worked for. Again, basketball and hockey have like 20,000 or less seating capacities. Baseball, if you build the right, the size stadium, I think can work. Mm. Now, it hasn't worked in Tampa, but there's been a lot of things that haven't worked in Tampa. There's been a lot. Of, so if you do it right in a place, Miami's such a unique market, it's like, doesn't even feel like. But, it feels like its own thing. But you know? you, you, it's like New Orleans in yeah. the state of Louisiana. It feels like it's a different country.
2: But to be fair, Brent, to, to <laughs> kind of counter world. you a little bit, though, but you mentioned <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, it's working in Tampa Bay because they're, they're fan base for their hockey team, and granted, they're
1: good always, but I mean, they're a pretty loyal following, I feel like. Yeah, well, they do, and they've won, and they've yeah. been successful, and it's mm-hmm. been fresh in hockey. And then that helps. You know, yeah. hockey heroes work, and I think hockey in general, if Orlando were to put a professional hockey team in, I, maybe it does work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: You, you know what I think it is? I think a lot of it has to do with... with it's basic as the weather i've been to a couple of late season preseason baseball games in sarasota area where it was 90 degrees and you're sitting in that sun and you're just cooking and i didn't i love baseball and i wanted no part of just sitting there sweating and being miserable and you you if you were to have a, a i mean they have to play indoors in Tampa because it's so hot. You know, in Minnesota, you have the dome because yeah. the first first month of the season, the last month of the season, you need it because you might get snow. Mm. In Tampa, you do it because it's hot, but then you're inside that, you know, just cold. You know, just yeah, you not a personal. Right. It's not. got yeah, the stadium right. Absolutely. But, but
1: Orlando is so centralized that you can get people from That's all true. over. And That's not true. only that, it's a destination place more than anywhere else in the state of Florida. So what they're saying is, hey, if we can get Atlanta Braves fans because they're coming in to go to Disney and they might want to pop over to a game. Absolutely. Or if we can get San Diego yeah. fans who are coming in to Di- You know, you know, you get my point. Absolutely. I don't think it's like a crazy idea. No, what we- I don't understand is I don't see baseball – I gotta pay attention more to the baseball expansion talk. I thought it would be more like hey, let's take the rays. That's the only Over way here. it works, Brent. There's yeah. no way it
0: will but work if you're taking if you're gonna add and not subtract the rays. Well, there's well no, well, the way. rays might
1: be subtracted from Florida. Right. Doesn't mean they're subtracted Fair from enough. the Major Fair league Baseball. Enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But
0: I'm saying this would work theoretically. What you're saying does sound great. But it won't work if the Rays are still in Tampa.
1: No way. Here's the deal. My ball, I'm not sure if it will work. Okay. Mm -hmm. i got to probably deeper dive on this uh, and see if, if, you know, uh, not that I'd be right, but even to have a great thought of, okay, that's definitely going to work. And the Rays are a... A big thing here, if they get out of the state, uh, then you have this whole north, central to northern part of the state that doesn't have baseball. Yeah. And again, they're centrally located. We're not driving. Ty's a fan of Tampa. We're not driving to Tampa to see the Rays very often. They're in Orlando. They he- go to see the Red Sox. Hey, sign me up. I'm coming over. That's yeah. a two-hour drive versus a three-and-a-half-hour drive. That's a big difference. You don't need to stay at night. And Kaylee and Steph can go to Disney if they don't want to come to the baseball game. So I'm just a, there's me alternative speaking, options, yeah. But that's a that's a it's a little different than saying it's in Tampa, mm-hmm. is my point. Now I don't think both can be there. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them. But anyway, I didn't mind the idea of it conceptually. I just don't I, I thought it would be more And I guess they can't say that. Right. They can't say, well, Tampa, once you get out of here, we're going to take your baseball team or something like that. They probably can't go about it that Mm -hmm. way. Hey, what do you got coming up? CBS 47 Fox.
0: We're talking guns, actually. A couple different interesting stories, not uh, not related at all. First of all, we had a gun found at a high school student was arrested. And as a result, the district is now putting up uh, permanent, permanent uh metal detectors hmm. uh, for the for the rest of the school year there, and the district has looked at and is investing in putting metal detectors at other high schools in the district. And we're going to run down who, when, all that stuff. So there's that. Uh, and then unrelated completely, Clay County is talking about being a sanctuary, a Second Amendment sanctuary. Hmm. Uh, they, you've heard the sanctuary city before. Well, this would be a sanctuary county. Uh, one other county in central or southern florida has done this already i want to say hillsborough i could be i don't quote me on that i just anyway, saw a whole story on the evening there, news there, there is another county in florida in Colorado that's Colorado done that we're something. basically saying they're, they're going all out saying you like guns you come here we're going to protect you You're, you'll be able to carry a gun and we talk we have a very uh uh emotional tell on this story because we talked to a woman who says uh that her loved one would be alive today if she were had been able to carry because her loved one was shot and killed and they weren't able to to protect. So it's uh, uh really interesting. So kind of two different things. So that's a you know it's and we have a poll on that too. So I'd love for you guys if you're listening, if you're tuning in to the show tonight to um to weigh in on on um dot slash, slash vote. vote, and you can weigh in on on a sanctuary status for Clay County. All right, um, two two talkers for sure. All right, and a whole bunch of other stuff, but those are the two. And we got you know recap of the today's inquiry, uh, Im- impeachment inquiry hearings. Um, you know, so if you want your taste of that, we can get to, we've got that as well.
1: All right, coming up five o'clock, CBS forty-seven and Fox thirty. John Bachman, Tanika Hughes, Mike Borish, and uh, we'll visit with all of them in sports as well with the Action Sports Jacks Department on the TV side. CBS forty-seven and Fox thirty. Check it out tonight, five until seven p.m. And then tonight again, ten until eleven thirty.
0: Thanks, man. Uh, As always, thanks for letting me interrupt. I appreciate it.
1: All right. We're going to do a group falling at the wall that says it all. (laughs) And it's got to do with the captains of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, We are going there. Next, speaking of TV land, the wall that says it all, what went wrong, and why the Jaguars need better play, not leadership, play out of their big name guys. That's the story at the wall when we come back on ESPN 690. Hey everybody, welcome back to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We come down to the TV studio at the wall that says it all for just three downs. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, and we are going to take a look now mm-hmm. at the Jaguars' captains. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but three of them. And why in a game of that magnitude against the Colts, or really any game, you need your star players, your big players, your captains to play well. And we have some examples that they didn't play well. There are a lot of examples of everybody didn't play well against the Indianapolis Colts. We'll get into it. Once again, if you're watching on our video platforms, now a million deep on our video platforms at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, we appreciate it. We'll show you the illustrations. If you're listening, ESPN 690, ESPN690.com, the TuneIn app, anywhere else. We'll try to make this candy for your ears as well. So let's begin with Nick Foles, his first game back. Chris Conley on Jags Report Live the other night told us Indianapolis changed things up. The first two drives where Nick Foles was six for seven, they yeah. throw a touchdown pass. It was man-to-man. Correct. Well, then they went into zone coverage, mm-hmm. and, well, the Jags didn't play well against the zone. Was that Correct. Foles? Was that the Jags? Was that the Colts? So that's a lot
2: of things. Because to me, if you go back in the Colts' history this year, listen, back in 2018, they've always been a zone team. To me, what really put the Indianapolis Colts on the map this year as a defense was when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, how did they beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Being a predominantly zoned team, the Indianapolis Colts came out, and guess what, I rewatched the game a little bit. The Colts came out and ran, I would say realistically, 75% of their coverages were man on the Kansas City Chiefs. Is that a
1: had... copycat to the New England Patriots from back in the postseason? Might be a little bit. Chiefs, right? Yes, absolutely. It might be a
2: little bit. But what I'm saying is, their the, the, the characteristics, they've always been zone coverage. But for whatever reason, they saw something with Mahomes, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they went man. Kansas City couldn't counter it. So I guarantee, Jacksonville saw that film, obviously. All NFL teams saw that film and said, you know what, we have to plan for man now. E- even though one of their starting corners was out, we still have to anticipate man here.
1: So they did anticipate man, like yes. I said, six or seven early on, but then things start to change. And this is just a play against the zone. This is one of many. I mean, obviously, Foles threw it 47 times. There a lot of incompletions. Or, yes. uh, there was the interception. But, I mean, is this easy pickings and Foles is rusty? Is this something the Colts are doing? What goes on is this play is just basically a normal pass play over the middle of the field. He has time. Maybe he can't fully step up in the... Pocket due to this, uh, this, the little bit of pressure sure. on the left side, but but not a lot. And he's got a running back out of the backfield, I think that's Fournette, but it could be Raquel Armstead, yeah, and then a receiver down the field as well. And well, it's not a completion,
2: no, it's not a completion. Now, it, it, if you go back and look at this formation and what they ran, uh, it's what they call an overload. It was a bunch formation, but they were spread out a lot farther than the quarterback than a traditional bunch. And what the philosophy is there is when you have three guys that are close to each other, but they're on the outside um, of the line of scrimmage, That means that they're probably going to run something sort of the same route, where one guy's going to maybe run five yards, other guy breaks off at seven, another guy goes deep. What that does is that that overloads one side. So basically what that means is what Nick Foles needs here is protection in the pocket, which he feels some pressure. But if you overload that one side and the defense doesn't adjust to it, which, guess what? The Colts didn't on this play. That means that someone's going to come up either open deep or underneath. Mm-hmm. And as we break down this play right here to Keelan Cole, obviously it was a bad throw. Maybe Foles felt a little pressure. But if you were to just saw He had an underneath guy right here, and he had another guy coming across. So the overload worked.
1: It's just for the fact that he maybe felt some pressure and threw it to the wrong guy. And I believe this is the play where Cole doesn't even look, right? They almost pick it off, but they run into each other. Or it could have easily been an interception to Nick Foles. So just... This is pretty simplistic. It is. Kind of just poor execution once again.
2: It's poor execution. One could think maybe, you know, this is one of the very first plays of the game, and maybe Foles is still getting acquainted, yeah. you know, kind of shaking some of the rust off. But he did have guys
1: open, unfortunately. Uh, this was third down. Jago's got a punt an office, and it is what it is. The bottom line is Nick Foles, maybe he was rusty, and I think yeah. we have to, we need a bigger sample to figure out, all right, is this really Nick Foles just not being good? Or is he yeah. just trying to get back into the swing of things? And the Jets don't have time for that, but the bottom line from a Nick Foles perspective, Perspective. I think we got to give him at least another game to figure out yeah. how much of that is Nick Foles. By the way, as we walk over here to captain number two, and that's Miles Jack, who had a really rough game, I will tell you that I kind of feel like a substitute scientist.
2: <laughs> and you yeah. kind of look like one, but you know what? But, but I'm going to respect <laughs> you here, man. I'm going to respect you, and I'm not going to get away with anything, I promise. So from this perspective, listen, Brent, you know, we're breaking down the captains, right? Because we've been pretty critical, at least I've been pretty critical, on the coaches so far this week. Yeah. Well there is cha- the only one. Well, there is a chain of command, though, right? It goes the coaches, and then it goes the captains captains and then the players. And let's be honest, nobody played well. We pretty much ripped the coaches so far the past couple days. Well now we have to go to the
1: captains because yeah. like I said, it is the chain of command. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, this play. It's third quarter. It's yeah. 10-7. We still got a football game here. Correct. Early third. This is the drive they go down and score on, but this is the third and 19 yes. play. Yeah. I mean, they are trying to get off the field and just give their punter a little bit more room. Yeah. And the Jaguars give up 31 yards on this play. Yeah. This is baffling. Yeah. This is, in a way, it's worse than Brady 3rd and 18 because it's not Tom Brady. Yeah. And it's not the playoffs. And yeah. It's not the AFC Championship game. It, Although that was worse because it was all those things. But, I mean, I don't get this. I mean, how does this happen in the NFL? There must have been ten guys doing the wrong thing on this play.
2: So, from this standpoint, if you want to say the Jaguars scheme kind of got called out here, they did because they're playing back. Basically, they're they're trying to prevent you know, the third and long. They're playing the marker, right? They're playing playing the the marker. marker. Well, in playing the marker, you're vulnerable to the screens and the short passes, and that's what happened here. If you have a guy in space that can make the play, that has the speed and agility to get open, well, there's going to be problems. But the reason why I chose this play, Brent, and we're highlighting captains here, is Miles Jack. Now, if you go back and watch this play completely, this isn't really Miles Jack's fault. You know, like, there, there, there's a lot of guys at fault here, and let's be honest. It was a good play call by the Indianapolis Colts and maybe a not so good play call by Todd Wash and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But why I'm highlighting Miles Jack here is because this screen cap right here says everything you need to know about him playing middle linebacker. Middle linebackers, more than anything else, and they're a different breed. We say football players are a different breed, middle linebackers are a different breed. And why I say that is because anytime you see action coming to you, anytime you see guards coming to you, let's well, be honest, the Colts have some pretty good guards, they have a pretty solid offensive lineman in general. Anytime you see a guy coming towards you, you can't go lateral. You have to go attack it. You have to go downhill, north to south, north to south, north to south. Miles Jack reads the play fine, but the problem is here is that he goes too lateral. And when he goes lateral and tries to push the ball back inside, as you can see right here, his feet are completely square. He's, yeah. and, and, and when your feet are completely square, any offensive lineman's going to be like, gotcha. Yeah. You know? And, you're off balance. And, and, and let's be honest here, Brent. I would probably say 80 to 90% of the middle linebackers in the NFL probably do the exact same thing Miles Jack does. He gets lateral. He tries to turn the ball back inside. Unfortunately, as you can see... There is nothing back inside to help him out. Nothing. Right? So there there's the pursuit angles right there we've been talking about the whole week. But the problem is is that Miles Jack isn't supposed to be, you know, the 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 line of ninety percent. He's supposed to be that special ten percent because you know why? He's getting paid like it. And and that special ten percent, the
1: top elite middle linebackers they go through that block and they try to make the play. So that's what he should have done, would have done, could have done. Yeah. Uh, and let me ask you, just go back up top, because again, just for the folks just listening, sure. this is the third and 19 play, early third quarter. They've got the screen set up beautifully, really. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's 19 yards. It's I mean, you just got to hold it from 19 yards. Yeah. Then down here, Miles Jack is is kind of a, he's flat-footed by this time as he's trying to push that back inside. Yeah. And then up here, they they already are five yards. Well, a couple yards down the field, but it is set up beautifully as uh, they go back inside with this for a 31-yard gain, and everybody's in chase mode. So that's kind of the illustration of where we're at. There's four different screen grabs here of this play. What should, Do you not like Todd Wash playing the marker on a third and 19? I mean, don't a lot of defenses do that? Just say, hey, we'll, well give up fifteen yards on this side of the yeah. field. But don't give up 19. So, so a lot of defenses do this. And you know what? This this at the most
2: should be a 10-yard gain right here. Yeah. And it's like I was talking about. If, if Miles Jack comes downhill and gets aggressive, I get what Miles Jack's trying to do right here. He's trying to push the play back inside. And that's kind of a rule for anybody, whether you're Pop Warner, college, high school, whatever it is. If you see a play, you push it back inside because that's where your help's going to come. Unfortunately, whether guys are just winded, guys are tired, whatever the excuse is, there was no pursuit coming back. So okay, even we're when, tired, They weren't tired. it just came out of the locker room. So, so even, even when Miles Jack you know, tries to push it back inside, it's not there. So that's where being the top three highest-paid you know, middle linebackers and playing like it comes into play, where you have to come downhill and be aggressive. And, and that, that was kind of the, kind of the wrap-up of Miles Jack's day. You yeah. know, like he, he did okay. But
1: I feel you like he can be more aggressive coming downhill and stopping those runs. Well, let me ask you this. If he does bust through this guy, yeah. right, he at least maybe either pushes him back or, or doesn't create more uh, space downfield. Correct. And that could give Smoot the opportunity. Yeah. And, and the running back has to stutter step a little bit. So the play slows down. Correct. He might not make the play. Yeah. Right? A- am I correct?
2: You're, you're absolutely right here. Yeah. I mean, if Miles Jack just comes downhill and just pushes this guard back a little bit, I mean, even a, even a foot of that guard getting pushed back, it can change this whole run around. And I I guarantee it's not gonna be a nineteen yard or twenty yard gain, whatever it was. But um and as you can see, everyone's just chasing backside. Yeah. And let's be honest, Brett. This is a I game closed of my eyes at this point. I, I think we all did. Yeah. For the most and part. by the yeah. way,
1: you were too nice to Miles Jack. You say he played okay. A well, lot of people believe he did not have a good game the other no, day. No, so as far as the run game's concerned, yeah, obviously nobody played good on that
2: defense. Yeah. Maybe Yannick Ngakwe for the most part. I haven't heard him against the run. was Yeah, bad. Heard him against the run was a little bad, But but my point is the fact that it starts the defensive line, right? And they weren't taking care of their guards. Miles Jack was getting blocked by the guards. But it's Miles Jack's job to come north to south, come
1: downhill, and stop and those And it runs. goes back to what we've been saying about Miles Jack, man. you you got to make splash plays. Yeah. yeah right? we're, we're, when do you get a star, right? When do I notice 44 on the field? Yeah. The interception against Cincinnati, really the only time I can remember this year yep. saying, wow, there he is. There's exactly. number 44. All right, our last one, yeah. and our last captain. It's the mayor of Saxonville. I hate saying anything bad about my guy, Calais Campbell. But he not, and he would say... He would Say this too. I think uh, we'll do Jaguars all-access tomorrow night, and he will say this. Yeah. He did not have a good game. And he's coming off about a string of four really good games, I think it was. But he did not have a good game. And, well, this is a play down near the goal line. They finish off that drive after the third and 19 yeah. conversion. It's fourth and goal. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an excellent play, right? By the, I think this is an excellent oh, play by Jacoby Brissett yeah. and the Colts. I yeah. thought actually my reaction was the defense did a pretty nice job here, okay. but it was tight coverage. So tell this, me why I'm wrong. This is where we disagree a little bit, and this is
2: probably one of the most frustrating plays of the day for me, from my standpoint. If you go back to where this play started, the Jaguars' defensive line was not ready, and guys were confused. And you can tell that easily. If guys are standing up asking, where do I go, where do I go, and the ball snapped, guess what? Guys aren't ready. Now, who does that fall on? This Obviously... Guy. Miles Jack. Miles Jack. Call timeout. Uh, yeah, exactly. You either call a
1: timeout or you got to get the play in faster. Wh- whatever the reason is, but guys are not ready. So, to your point, I said that twice watching the game. I said, call timeout like yeah. before the ball was snapped yeah. because you could tell people were all over the
2: yeah. place. Yeah. So here we go. So guys aren't ready. Guys are standing up. And it wasn't by design, obviously. So if we have that, Brent, the Jaguars defensive line, their defense is already at a disadvantage. Yeah. Now let's look more into it. We are at fourth and goal on the one-yard line. And you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. That's, <laughs> that's awful. That's, that's either the, the, the difference between winning and losing right there. Yeah. It, it's that one yard not being ready. So off the get-go, guys are confused and guys are not ready. Now the Jaguars, as you can see, they send five guys here, which obviously I'm a big fan You're of. You're okay it's, with Let's that. get a little pressure here. But here's where it kind of all goes wrong. Once again, the, the rush lanes, as we can see, it's, it's not disciplined because guys aren't ready, guys don't know where to go. I think I saw Taven Bryan go from the left side to the right side, wasn't really knowing where he was rushing. So from the get-go – Guys don't know where they're going. Now, Clayus Campbell, he has a chance to make the play. You know, and I've said it, and he said it before. You don't want to be a robot. You want to be an athlete, and you want to make a play. So Clayus Campbell tries to make the play. I have no problem with it. He, he he got shook. He got his ankles broke a little bit. That happens. He's a 300-pound guy working shook me really bad uh, in the Saints game, like, my second year. And I saw. have you know, my, my friends still give me crap for that. Okay? Yeah. So, so I've been there. But here's the problem, Brent. It's what we talked about in slide number two with Miles Jack. If you're going to miss, it's okay. But where do you miss? You miss to the point where the guy's got to go back inside. Inside. As you can see here, Clayus Campbell tried to go for the sack, but he tried to go for the sack inside. What did that do? When he falls to the ground, it leaves a wide-open rush lane. If Clayus Campbell would have missed on the other side, Brissett would have had nowhere to go.
1: If you're looking on our video platforms, if you just listen, hopefully you can follow along. But these illustrations, again, fourth and goal, and now Jacoby Brissett has put a juke move on Calais Campbell. Yeah. You know, uh, an athlete against a good athlete, but a 300-pound athlete. Sure. It's a little bit of a mismatch in the open field, but your point's right. He doesn't send him back into the middle. Yeah. Then Jacoby Brissett would go outside and hit the touchdown pass, yeah. even though it was good coverage by A.J. Boyer. But the lanes are open. There's a lot going on here. I actually thought in real time mm-hmm. that Jacoby Brissett was going to score up the middle. And I was like, wow, Calais, nice job. That's my initial was you stopped the run up the middle. I thought they was going to score just scrambling. And he didn't do that. In fact, if you look at this, if you can see it on the video platforms, Jacoby Brissett looks like he's about to go down. Yeah. It's an incredible balance. It's no, a really no, nice no, play by him. It's very
2: impressive now. <laughs> it's not just Clarence Campbell's fault, though, right? Because he's on the defensive line. It's a few guys. We also have to point out, again, Miles Jack. The biggest thing about Miles Jack here, Brent, is where are his hands and where are the offensive tackle's hands?
1: Well, offensive tackle's hands grabbing him like this. Correct. And Easy now, but yes, you got you're, you're, you're correct. I got a little aggressive. No, you're good. And uh, I, he's his arm's flailing, at least yeah. his right arm is. So,
2: Brent, we've done this before. When I say you want to pass or you want to attack the tackle, do I attack half of you or do I attack...
1: All of you. I'm trying to remember from this test. I feel like this is like a. This is, uh, this is pretty basic, basic stuff. stuff. Okay. So, so uh,
2: I'm going to attack half of you you're because, half because because, because yeah. uh, I get it. You're a small guy, but you know what? I don't want to work hard. So I'm going to attack half of you even when I'm pass rushing. Now. Easy on the small guys. You, you you can attack the full man if you want, but that's only from a bull rush. Yeah. You have to set that up. Miles Jack's not a pass rusher. I understand that. He's not used to being right here right now. But the fact. He's giving that, up 60 pounds to that guy. Yes, and you know what? When when you go head on head like that and you're giving up that much weight, you're not going to win a lot of battles. No. So unfortunately. As we look right here, Miles Jack is pretty much swallowed up and Brissett actually goes on the outside of
1: him and that causes the touch. So Miles Jack actually twice here in my opinion. He took himself out of the play, yeah. allowed a big rushing lane yeah. that Calais would eventually gobble up, yeah. but still allowed him to go back outside. So Correct. really Miles allowed two different things to happen on the same play yeah. because of technique. Correct, right? Exactly. And here's the thing. I'm okay because I just said you
2: have to be aggressive. Yeah, you have to come downhill. You can come downhill if you're Miles Jack right here, but he's peeking in the backfield. He's not focused on his tackle. He's looking to see where the ball is. And when you do that and you're not disciplined,
1: that's where you kinda of get washed out of the gap a little bit. That's exactly what happened on this play right here. Well that's the wall that says it all, Austin Lane, just three downs. And really if you if you sum it up, in my opinion, if you're going to win football games at any level, your best players usually are going to play well. If you're going to win in sports, yes. your better players are playing well. We just showed Three captains, three good football players for the Jaguars, really not doing their job on specific plays. Yeah. But overall, these three guys did not play well mm-hmm. on Sunday against the Colton. The Jaguars paid the price for it. All right, going back upstairs, more of Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690 to come right after this. I mean, tackling
5: is something that we do every week, but obviously we've got to figure out more ways to do it without, you know, obviously beating ourselves up. So so technically we've got to do a good job there. We have to have a good plan this week, obviously, with Derrick Henry. I mean, he's an outstanding running back um, who's, uh, you know, breaks a, a lot of tackle.
1: Yes, he does. We talked about Derrick Henry a little bit earlier. Just took you to the wall that says it all. Miles, Jack, tough game. Calais Campbell, tough game. Nick Foles, tough game. You need your good players to play well. It's as simple as that. Uh, So we'll see if the Jaguars can get it done. More Jags talk coming up in just a little bit. Uh, We also will have some football talk in general, like the college football playoffs. I got something for you. Uh, and. We never, I mean, we kind of did Fallen was the, the Jags captains, but your Fallen coming in was going to be something Carmelo Anthony. So share it with us. Yes. Okay, so Fallen. Um, listen, Brent, I think we can all agree that NBA, it's probably
2: TVPG, right? It's a, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a family-friendly thing. You can Plus gather around.
1: and like Charles Barkley. Or
2: exactly. Something. You, you can gather around your kids and everything and, and you know, enjoy a basketball game. Well, a little viewer's note, and if you haven't noticed this by now, it's time that you guys start taking notice because Twitter has ran with this. One thing about Carmelo Anthony, Brent, in case you didn't know, every time he gets a rebound, he either says one of two things. I got that S word or F out of here, this is mine. Whoa. And when I when I say that I'm not exaggerating, he literally says it every single rebound. Brent, he he'll, he'll even say it if he doesn't get the rebound. <laughs> and, and last night, if you're watching the Portland Trailblazers, uh, unfortunately, the NBA TV that they couldn't you know bleep out all those words, and some of them leak through uh, you know the gates. So just a little heads up if if you're a family out there and you want to go from TV PG to TV
1: MA, just watch the Trailblazers game with Carmelo Anthony. I, this is a perfect segue to something I did want to. Today. Uh-oh. Cool, as so I'm bringing in here, Driving Dish Podcast. Oh How's right. the podcast going? Going well. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, do you see ratings are down, I guess, quite a bit, NBA? For my podcast? Oh, for... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, that was kind of lumped <laughs> that was, that in. Was, I was like, oh no, I thought kind of, they were doing well. It's kind of tied together, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. No one's that's, listening to your show. That's why we don't <laughs> talk. talk NBA much. <laughs> I heard
4: you. No know one's listening to your SoCo. What's going it on? It does seem like it's down though. Yeah, I could well, see I that. I saw
1: somebody say something like thirty percent or twenty five percent or something like that, and uh, you know why and all this stuff. Well, it has to be like the bad pub from the China deal, mm-hmm. don't you think? That turned people off a little bit, and and and, and again, I guess it's all relative to last year. I just think the early season in the NFL NBA yeah. is like, you know, you got you got bad stories with guys. As like like uh, not only the China thing, but you also have no Steph Curry, who's mm-hmm. one of the stars Kawhi of the Leonard's league. sitting out big Kawhi games Leonard against Giannis. Is, you had that kind of storyline. Yeah. You have no Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a lot of – there's a lot of reasons. Everybody always thinks it's one reason. It's not a, one reason. I do think it's a little bit of that star power, but also the China thing I think just put a <laughs> – Black eye on it's the big country man yeah. going into the season the timing of it w- was awful so uh the one thing that is saving I think is is LeBron James mm. and the Lakers are, are pretty good yeah. right and they're yeah. playing well so to have the Lakers back good, even though I don't like them uh is good and especially if Gronk and and Gordon are gonna d- dance with the cheerleaders <laughs> I saw that was <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. good stuff yes. right? absolutely absolutely yeah. James Gordon, to me, Corden might be the best of them all. Oh, wow. I mean, the best dancer or just best entertainer? Best of the late night guys. Oh, okay. Uh, I got you. Conan, man. Conan, for sure. Uh, I love Conan. That's another millennial thing, not Oh,
2: wow. Freddie's going to hate on Conan. <laughs> I'm not you hating really, on Conan. you really going really to dislike the Conan? The guy's on TNT. What, what does James Gordon do? CBS. Oh, cool. Karaoke. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I I know what his show, but what? Oh, you sit in a car and you sing. Talented. Wow. What a game changer. I don't mind them, but Conan's way what better. What Conan do? Monologues? Guy's funny, man. I can relate to Conan Remember O'Brien. when he
4: on Marshawn Lynch? Yes, and the him, like... Skittles thing?
2: Come on. Put Marshawn Lynch on the map.
1: <laughs> I don't what really are you guys like serious? What is, I'm serious. Oh, no, I am too. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought you guys were going to go with... Um... Jimmy?
2: No. I don't like Jimmy Fallon. I mean, Jimmy Fallon's good. Fallon's. I mean, no, you were gonna... I don't. You're not a Fallon guy. Nah that's yeah, it's, 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 it's too much sweetness, no substance. Go and give
1: me Conan O'Brien. See, I think Fallon's the most talented of them all. I mean, the stuff yeah. he does, no, no, no. So from, wise, yeah. well, here's the thing though: you're most
2: likely to see a Jimmy Fallon segment like on YouTube or on Facebook, right? Because like, like he has great games yes, and stuff like yes. that, which. It's appealing now. Kind of like
1: Ellen in that way, yeah, right? Exactly,
2: and, and it's very appealing to the you know the newer generations. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I see Jimmy Fallon uh, stuff on Facebook He's all got the great time. Great moments. I'll, I'll be honest, they're funny stuff. But I'm saying just from a from a show perspective, like a show that you want to see either DVR'd or live and not list a clip from Facebook. To me, it's Conan O'Brien. Then
1: that's interesting. And yeah. I gotta be honest, I don't watch on the Well, I, I yeah, just yeah. feel like I I feel like it's it's more the bits. Yeah. And the bits, Fallon does a good job with the bits, and I think sure. Corden does a good job. And it's not just the karaoke; it's stuff like this. Yeah, it's yeah. like that guy in his jiggly belly will go out there and <laughs> dance with the L.A. Lakers cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. fun. I think it's kind of funny stuff. Like, <laughs> it's a great concept, great idea. At least he's trying. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. Late night stuff, I think, has dwindled so much. Because I don't Letterman think people was stay up king that to later.
2: me. See, like, dude, uh, I grew up with David Letterman, and to me, like, he was just all the time. Like, I, I, I love You David always Letterman. watch Letterman? Oh, I mean, is that
1: like a parental thing? Did, your, did the, well, the family it, it, yeah, watch no, that? So
2: it was when I was at my grandparents' house all the time, uh, staying out with them and stuff. Like, me and my grandpa, we'd always watch David Letterman. Like, that was yeah. the thing that we did. And, like, he thought it was hilarious, and you know I thought it was hilarious, too.
1: This is where I am a little old school, I guess. Like, uh, I, I, I have a hard time. Like, Conan, to me, doesn't feel as relevant mm. because he's, like, on TNT. Sure. He well, you know what I mean? A for Rightfully so. Yeah, I mean,
2: you're they, right with that. He's and, and not and on CBS. I mean, he's dude, not on ABC. Fi- I can
1: find Coden O'Brien anywhere I want to go find I know, him. I got like, this, is, this is the okay? modern era now. But yeah. it just still feels like, from an important <laughs> standpoint, the ABC, NBC, CBS. Fox yeah, yeah you know it feels like you got to be on one of those to be the biggest I just think that Conan and it's weird because like
2: we would argue Jimmy Fallon relates to more of the younger crowds I think that's why I thought, and, and where I thought you guys were going but like with, with with the with Conan O'Brien man like he's just he, he's at Comic-Con right like he's talking to NFL players like he's just he has his toes dipped into so many things where it's like it's impossible not to see him and you you can't just see a clip you have to see the whole thing through which one's most bizarre out of, oh, out of all, of most them. bizarre. Oh, because you listen, you have to have. Pretty bizarre. Well, listen, you're you know not normal bizarre? if you're doing that dude, job. I'll tell you what. Also, <laughs> I, I enjoyed some nights too. It was the Late Late Show. I think maybe Seth Meyers took over. Did you ever watch Craig Ferguson? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I like Craig, Craig Ferguson was like out him. there, man. Well, dude, his yeah. co-host was yeah. a talking skeleton <laughs> with like a, a suit jacket on. Like it was out there, but Craig Ferguson to me was the bizarre
1: one. It's funny because I still, depending on what's on in the sports office, yeah. there's many nights I'll still be there at 12:30 oh, or one yeah. o'clock, yes. and your and these are on. Yeah, depending on what you had what channel you had on you yep. cbs 47 fox 30 but <laughs> um sometimes it will be on a game that then it goes to that at whatever time mm-hmm. so i'd probably watch more of it it's not like assignment television sure but it just doesn't seem like there is it used to be leno and letterman were so big yeah and these guys i think they're more talented than them to be honest with you well i really the, do no i think you, more dude, you're more talented
2: you're absolutely right because there's points i think with letterman where you could see like he just didn't care man <laughs> like he was just like whatever like i'm just gonna go through the motions collect the paycheck but like you, you can tell he wasn't really stoked about talking to some of the guests and yeah, having yeah. some of the musical acts and stuff like that but it you know kind of was what it was but yeah i think like as far as the energy is concerned and just like the the new segments on location and stuff yeah these guys are a lot better how
1: the heck did i get on this
2: topic I, I went from Carmelo Anthony, from Anthony. Anthony. You're
4: gonna ask me something about basketball, and yeah. then, I mean, <laughs> how did I
2: get here? We went. We went from the driving dish podcast, not getting a lot of listeners, to who's better, James Gordon
1: or I, uh, O'Brien. All right. So anyway, here's where I did want to go. I know I want to get back to Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Were we so bored with topics yesterday that Carmelo Anthony coming back and playing in the NBA for the first time in 366 days or whatever it was was celebrated? Like Peyton Manning was coming back to the NFL. Yeah. I, I, I'm just going to be honest. Where does Carmelo Anthony, before I even look up his stats, mm-hmm. where does Carmelo Anthony fit in terms of a legacy? Is he is it from Hall of Fame, a uh, great player? Uh, because I'm going to be honest with you. I covered the guy actually when he won a national championship in Syracuse. Dang. With Syracuse, I covered yeah, yeah, that team. Yeah. Uh, they came, came through Albany and, and you know, they were only two hours away from Albany, so yeah, that was a big deal. For he was sure. an unbelievable player, yeah. and I know he's been a great player at times. But to me, went into the abyss with the Knicks, right? Mm-hmm. And I just would sit there and tell you, why do I care if Carmelo Anthony's coming back? I feel like he's washed up. He's 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 whatever. Like I don't think that's that big of a story. Yet the NBA celebrated that story like he was again like Kobe Bryant coming back. I mean, I sure. know I know that's a stretch. But I just don't understand why they hyped that up. Was it just a dull day? I think, you know, I mean, if you look at the history of Carmelo, who's I'll let you answer, Um, if you look
2: at that draft, you know, like K- Carmelo was one of the most coveted prospects, obviously, went number three. Well, oh, who, yeah? Who was number one? LeBron James, you know? And then obviously number yeah. two was D- Darko Milicic to Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Who mm. is? might want to double-check that. But, uh, you know, it, To me, Carmelo always seemed like, especially in the NBA, Brent, where it's all about being able to take the game over, right? Like, why is Giannis right now? Why is he so popular? So, sure, he's like almost seven foot and he's, he's a point guard and stuff like that. But, like, when the ball's in his hands, like, he puts the team on his back. And from Carmelo Anthony's perspective, his style of play where he's more of that spot-up shooter, he never got a chance to showcase, you know what, this is my team, I'm putting it on my back. Now, yeah, when he was in Denver, he had those moments, but I'm saying from a constant night in, night out, someone had to facilitate the ball to Carmelo Anthony, right? It wasn't like LeBron James creating his own shot, driving the lane. And Carmelo didn't really have the crazy dunks as well. He was more of the shooter. So even when you had Allen Iverson and Carmelo Anthony and the hype was real in Denver, I'll be honest. The, the Kamala hype was never really that big to me. And then obviously he gets lost in the shuffle in New York, and then I think he's going to be lost in the shuffle now in Portland as well. So from your perspective, Brent, I think with the the way the NBA has evolved now, where it's you know driving the lane, taking your own shot, Kamala Anthony just doesn't do that. So his his style of play is just it, it's not that captivating.
1: So is he is he? I'm trying to look up his point. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is a Hall of Famer? I would imagine based on longevity. I would imagine he would because he's a star. I mean,
4: yeah, he he's definitely a big star in the league, and I think a big reason they're excited for him to come back is kind of felt like he's his career almost was cut short in a way, which sounds wrong, but cut short when he was with the Rockets, they just kind of gave him nine games and it didn't work, and he became the scapegoat in a way, and they got rid of him. And then he wasn't able to get back in. So it kind of felt like here's a guy who really didn't say I'm done and is still able to last year for the Rockets had four games where he had over 25 or 20 points, I think. So there was still game left, you know, and I think that's why they're excited because he's considered probably an NBA like legend and and a big name in the NBA. So to have him back in is why they probably celebrated
2: that. Let me go and ask you this, man, because I'm looking at his stats right now. And I want to get your opinion based off the stats. Is he indeed a Hall of Famer? A first ballot kind of guy? Yeah, I'm trying to Ten read time up on it, too. NBA All-Star, which is obviously legit. That shows he's got low longevity. Two-time All-NBA second team. Never got NBA first team. Four-time All-NBA third team. Once again, never got first team. In 2013, he was the NBA scoring champion, so most points. And he was part of the all-rookie first team. And that's it. So say... Say I give those stats to you, but I don't say who it is. I just give you those stats.
1: Does that person make the Hall of Fame? Well, you, you forgot one stat, and I think that will change the game. I think I think he's top 20 in the NBA all-time in scoring. Yeah. Okay. And, and that I'll give it to you. And so then if you told me the other ones, I'd be like, well, yeah. You know, yeah, You're playing in an era where there's a lot of good players, by the way, so making that first team isn't always easy. Sure. So I'll give a little bit of that and let him slide. But now you're pushing back to the third team a lot of times in your career. Well, now that now you're talking about the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth best player to play during your era, that's yeah. not very good. But then you tell me top twenty all time, it's kind of like if you would tell me Frank Gore five <laughs> years ago as a Hall of Famer, I would say, are you kidding? Yeah, really. <laughs> yep. And then now because he's compiled all this yardage and everything else, and now he's what top five in in yardage. Yep. Now he's got to be a Hall of Famer. Like, he, how do you leave the top five guy out and running in in yards? Uh, not in the Hall
2: okay. of Fame. So, uh, all right. So, f- from the points leaders perspective, right now Carmel Anthony's number nineteen.
1: Nineteen. So 19. he's top twenty. Top twenty. Now people might pass him by at some time, but yeah. Uh, but guys, like he, is Paul Pierce a, a Hall of Famer? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He might already be in. I don't, is he already in? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who Alex English is. Y- you don't know who Alex English is. Is, oh, it, oh, is that pretty bad? I'm sorry. Did he, he play for Boston? No, he played for the Denver Nuggets. In what year? <laughs> He was an 80s guy.
2: Okay, well, I wasn't born yet, so get off me. He's obviously a Hall of Famer then, too? Yes. Okay, well, then I rest my case because everybody else, you know, in the top 20, they are Hall of Famers. Who's right behind
1: Alex English?
2: Uh, So it's Alex English, Kamal Anthony, Vince Carter, number 20. Reggie Miller, 21.
1: Is Vince Carter a Hall of Famer just because he's now playing at age 49 yeah. or something? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, to, to, to see, to me, that's the, the question.
2: Like, do you think Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer? Which I do. Uh, the don't. longevity. Yeah, but so, again,
1: if I had asked you five years ago, of you course. would not have said
2: that. See, I just think, and it's probably not the right thing to do, but based of what, see, to me, a Hall of Famer, it, it's a lot of stats, right? But it's also what you bring to the game. Okay, and from what Vince Carter brought to the game,
1: I, I agree. The, the
2: the the dunk contests, yes. you know, the the highlights. It, it kind of feels like going he between the yeah. legs, the, the the honey dip with the elbow uh, in the rim. Like to me, he revolutionized the ability to dunk. So from that perspective, well, at least for my generation, I get it. Dominique Wilkins yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Web. No, but but, he's but very Dominique
1: like in that yeah. for this but, era. but I'm saying for yes. my generation,
2: man, growing up as a kid in the '90s, like Vince Carter was that dude. Yeah. So based on that alone. Take away the stats, he's a Hall of
1: Famer. I I would agree, too. I mean, I I think he is. But, uh, all right, let me just ask you this way, guys. At the end of it, because I do this with eye test, ear test a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, I, I fully believe that. My initial reaction was, what are we making such a big deal about a guy that couldn't – nobody wanted to sign him, yeah. essentially, and now he's back 366 days later. It's like, great. I mean, it's okay to say, hey, this is kind of cool Carmelo's back. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not a likable guy, any of those things. I just was like, what are we doing? It so, must be a slow day. Like, well, what, nah. what, We have nothing to discuss. But, but let me just ask you this way because – Again, I covered him in college. I knew what kind of star he was. I knew where he was drafted. I know he's put up a lot of points. But you know, in the NBA, man, if you want to score and you take enough shots, you're going to put up points. <laughs> you're going to get up there. That's kind of my view on the NBA. I think a lot of people can score points in the NBA. Well, would you say he achieved what everybody thought he would achieve? Was he an underachiever or an overachiever? If I gave you multiple choice, overachiever, right on the money or underachiever a b or c to
2: me he's right on the money because he's been doing what he's been doing since college like he, he never really evolved to the guy that could facilitate his own shot and go off the drive you know he's always been that shooter and his game has kind of you know just stayed this and now yeah granted maybe his numbers have gotten better over the years but i think his game style wise has stayed the same so then it begs the question why are we so excited for come to to be back And I compare it to like this, and and it actually fits our conversations today, Brenda, a little earlier, perfectly. Where we talk about the the millennial generation, and sometimes people want to attach their boat or people want to go on Twitter and talk smack. Well, also, sometimes on social media especially, is that we kind of create these folk heroes for no reason. And with Carmelo Anthony's career, especially when he was in Oklahoma City and then Houston, you know, like the biggest thing within Houston was like, is he going to play? How does he get along with Wester Westbrook? Well, then it didn't work out in Houston. And when he exited Houston... I think he became a folk hero just because of how that transpired, of, of, uh, of all the discombobulation that was going on in the Houston Rockets team. I think it almost boosted Carmelo's stock a
1: little bit. Yeah.
2: And now, like, yeah, maybe. That's he, kind of what Koo said, and that's yeah. why the return, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and listen, is he going to drop 30 a game? Probably not. But I think just people love just kind of, like, like I said, like the folkiness of it, just the guy that we've been going through all these, you know, I guess reality TV show kind of things with. Like people want to be in that guy's corner, so I think so that's why I think like people he's so popular to people.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it just uh, it, it really struck me. I we don't talk a lot of NBA. No, but uh, him I was like, wow, what what is going on here with Carmelo Anthony? And there's sure. just so many. There's a lot of good players in this era of basketball. Yeah, that's another thing he runs into. Uh, if he had, I don't know when if if he had played, but mm. I mean the last 15 years we got a ton of stars, mm. ton of stars in the NBA um, in the last 15 years. I mean, it's been unbelievable in that kind of context. Uh, Steven wants to jump in and talk a little bit about Carmelo Anthony. We don't get a lot of NBA calls here on the show, so I love it. What's up, Steven? No, it's
5: the NBA Hall of Fame, or the, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, which includes college and the Olympics. So he's got his Olympic gold medals.
1: The, for good point. Too. And a national championship. That's a very good point. He does. Yeah. All right, well, how about from an NBA it, Hall of Fame stand or just an NBA career? Would you, If I gave you the three choices, like I just gave it these guys, would you say overachieved, achieved what everybody thought he would, or underachieved?
5: He's underachieved in the NBA, but he's got a great ba- basketball um, legacy in total, but underachieved in the NBA.
1: All right, I appreciate your thoughts, Stephen. Thanks for uh, checking in and calling. Well, what? What? You never answered this,
4: Cruz. That's actually what I was gonna say. I would say you look at the guys he was drafted with. He was drafted over uh, Wayne uh, D Wade and Bosh, and LeBron went right before him, or went two before him, essentially. But those guys in that draft class, you look at them; they've got rings, they won, they did it. Yeah. He never one and he was top three so when you're top three you you're kind of expected to be the guy that takes the team to that spot in the nba yeah, and that's and, what austin said and so know. that's why i would say underachieve was Milicic number two that year then yes Milicic was number two yeah
1: you know and also is, it it does and i've never been a big believer because i grew up a dan marino fan that sure. you need a ring to try like dan marino to, to me is it. still considered the one of the great quarterbacks of all time mm-hmm. and he never won a ring never mm-hmm. won a super bowl yeah. only went that one time and that was it But it does speak a little bit to like a Dwayne Wade. Like, would you say take the rings away? Better player in the NBA, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony. I'm taking D Wade all. I'm taking D
4: Wade.
2: But are you influenced?
1: Are you influenced because of his titles? Probably a little bit.
2: Those help, but
1: I think because he was a second fiddle guy. He well, mm, to who? Shaq. Talking about D Wade was well the LeBron and Shaq.
2: But don't forget though, D Wade won a title without LeBron. But he had Shaq. That well, time. he had Shaq. But Shaq, well, I don't know if was in his Shaq was in his prime. Like, did d- listen? Go back to the, I think D Wade that year they won the championship was the Finals MVP for a reason. Fair if enough, if I'm not mistaken. Fair enough. But I think from the offensive and defensive sides, I think D Wade was more complete. So that's I, good. I would. Okay. I, I would roll with d. I'm Wade. Not, for sure. I'm just trying to take the context no, of the you. rings out of it. Yeah, that's of my course. point. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, but because because you know, Wade's career, Wade has has gone to another echelon. One because mm-hmm. he's linked with LeBron. Correct. I think even the whole friendship thing. The first thing when you say Dwayne du- Wade, and by the way, I think he's an unbelievable player. Mm. Great player. Uh, but, and I don't think that about Carmelo Anthony. I wouldn't say that. But I think my vision is kind of like, well, his buddies with LeBron and, and LeBron and him yeah. and, and how he's so classy and everything in Chicago and then going back to Miami and how he's revered in Miami. Like, is there a place that Carmelo Anthony is revered if he goes back to? <laughs> Th- to Denver? I bet Denver probably loves him. I mean, sure. he gave him a uh, a lot of good years. Yeah, maybe they but, do. I I don't know, but I don't. I mean, the love that Miami showed him—that's yeah. over the top. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But as they should, man. But again, he, championships he matter. Championships well, matter. No, See, go ahead, Coos. Well, no, I go with your point
4: because okay. this was just an observation I made about that draft. So,
2: but here's here's the thing, though, Brent. So, like, yeah, Dan Marino, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. No one's going to dispute that. And the fact that he didn't win a, a Super Bowl it doesn't hurt him at all. Why? Because he needed 10 other guys on offense to help out. He needed 11 other guys on defense to be complete. In the NBA, it's different. In the NBA, championships mean everything because we saw what Kawhi Leonard did last year, Brent. Kawhi Leonard really won an NBA championship by himself. Now, yeah, he had the role players to help him out, but that was Kawhi Leonard's team. Therefore, Kawhi Leonard won the NBA championship. With Kamal Anthony, he he was never that guy to will a team to win a championship. He wasn't like a LeBron James. He wasn't like a D-Wade when D-Wade went without LeBron James and Chris Bosh. So from that perspective championships are important because if you're that star player if you're that once in a generation
1: type player you have to will your team to win a championship especially when you're comping them to guys that have done it correct you know right. and that's part of it all right before we get to break let's go hit the happy hour you got one final thought Kuz? well what's crazy you
4: know, a 76ers shirt on yes with my 76ers shirt on <laughs> no a crazy observation so lebron james was in this draft Luke Walton was also in this
1: draft.
2: (laughs) Luke Walton was the man back then. Luke Walton
1: was in that draft. He's coached the team and been fired. And now on the Kings. (laughs) He he was on the the
2: cover of Sports (laughs) Illustrated when when, the college basketball season dropped. Like he was going to be the man. I remember
1: his tattoo of the skeletons he had. Coos, let's happy hour hornet before we hit the break.
3: Ladies marching up, that's enough for everyone to win We're gonna make this party the best thing I've made. This is my favorite place Nothing we'll right
4: replace, no nothing. Anything goes Gangsters rolling, and smiling And so I think of the one
1: Have a drink, get a shot, tip your star tenders. Hey, Vita de Louis recently got a 98 rating. Check out VitaDeLouis.com for all the locations and where you can get it and all the new flavors as well, including Reposado and, and Yeho. And a big event coming up Thanksgiving weekend at the Lemon Bar in Jack's Beach, of course, Thanksgiving Day. A break before the family get-together featuring a Vita de Louis Bloody Mary and a Vita de Louis Apple Ginger Cocktail. I'm going to be there. Coos is starting to raise his eyebrows, and I'm you're gonna going be to there. be there.
2: I'm already going to be there, because, yeah, every Thanksgiving, there's a block party there, and we haven't missed one yet with me and my friends, so
1: I'll see you guys there. All right. Uh, sample feature drinks from 9 until noon. I like it. How about that? Vita de Louis will be there. Yeah. Check out LemonBarJacks.com for more information about Vita de Louis Thanksgiving weekend at the Lemon Bar. Uh, go check it out. Bloody Mary Apple Ginger Cocktail with little Vita de dot VitaDeLouis.com for more locations, flavors, merchandise. And everything you need to know. We'll be back in, uh, I promise, Double D, Dave, we'll get back to the Jags talk right after this on ESPN 690.
5: Uh, he's been, I think the, the coaches have spoken to him. You know, I think that, you know, obviously it's, um, you know, we don't want to, we want to be more balanced than that. At least when, you know, it's, uh, you know, at whatever points in the game, you know what I'm saying, when when still going on. But, um, you know, it's just something that, you know, I, like I said before, I made a mistake with.
1: That's Doug Moreau talking about Leonard Fournette, kind of the conversations that go on. I'm interested in that part. Jaguars and, and Titans, of course, coming up on Sunday. How do they fix this thing? I was really concerned with the Jaguars going into that game last week, and I said this a couple times on the show. They are in a good place, right? They are Mm -hmm. calm, cool, collected. I think uh, Najee Good on Jaguars All Access last week even said, we got a little swag to us, even though we're four and five. It might not make sense to other people, but we feel good. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're healthy. All those things add up. But I said, and I warned, I was like, listen, if they lose and they go to four and six, it can change on a dime inside that building. Mm -hmm. And the building gets tight. People are in a bad mood. This sucks. All that stuff. And I... Who knows if that's happening, but it can happen. And I think their performance this week will say kind of a lot of where they're at mentally. Mm -hmm. But I got a question for you, Austin Lane. You know, when you have a player like Leonard Fournette and you give him the ball eight times and you totally abandon the run, even though he's one of the best in the NFL. And by the way, these things matter. Okay, leading the AFC and rushing going to the Pro Bowl, getting touches. He's very frustrated that he only has one touchdown. I think he's made that pretty known, and I get it. So all those things, you already have a player that's aware of this stuff. He put on all this work to have a big year, and he's having a big year, and then you don't give him the ball. What I'm curious about are the conversations that now take place this week with that player. Mm-hmm. Is that a rare occurrence Is that a common occurrence, and there is some explaining that needs to be done when you have a player like Fournette and you did not really utilize him on Sunday, is there... Something to respecting that player that you have to have conversations. Bring them in, mm-hmm. um, and and are those common things that happen well, on a weekly basis? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, so it's funny
2: because most team, I think probably every team they have whether it's captains or just guys that have been ingrained in the culture for a while. You know, it's like a leadership committee, right? And they 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 meet every single week, try to kind of get a gauge of where the team morale is at and where just where everyone's at in general as a football player. But usually that's more just about like how you guys feel and how your body's holding up. It's never about like how the how the game plan was. So to answer your question, I don't think it happens a lot, right? Where maybe like in pregame, I was like, hey man, it's your time to shine it. Everyone are give you the ball a lot. You know, I hope you're hungry. Like I can see that, but from a perspective of play calling after the game, to meet with the guy and be like, man, we didn't give you the ball enough. Like we we have to be better. I mean, th- that had to happen with Fournette, obviously, because he's arguably your best offensive player on the team. And he he deserves um, some kind of justification of what happened, right? Because I don't care if you're on defense or not, whatever, whatever. If you're one of the best players on the team, Brent, and you don't get an opportunity to shine, you owe, you're owed an explanation. So to answer your question, no, it doesn't happen a lot. But it, it had to happen with Leonard Fournette and Doug Marone.
1: And Fournette, I think, is a guy that can. It, it, yeah, I I don't know if it's true. I want to be a little careful. I don't want to say go. Uh, like going the tank is kind of like too much of a. Uh, uh, that's an overstatement. That doesn't sound good. Mm. But I just think he can get down on it quick. Like you could see it. He didn't want to answer questions after. He was like talk to the coaches. Like. You need to I think you need to have those conversations with Leonard Fournette, like really quick too, like on the team plane uh, or whatever. Right right I, after the game. I mean, <laughs> you gotta know your players. And, yeah. and my point is if if you if you didn't feed DJ Chark the football and he wanted it more or Chris Conley but he wanted it more, and over these whatever months I've been open up and open up and open. You know that's part of football. They might get it more than Mm -hmm. others, and you might—I don't even know if you owe that to any one of the either one of those guys. But when it's so drastic, and you also have a guy that you know how hard he's worked to put himself in this position, Mm -hmm. you know, just as a different circumstance—one because of the the pass to run ratio was so out of whack. Yeah, he's having a really good season. And you know the work that's been put in. So you take all those comments. You better go massage that relationship a little bit, I guess, well, is what I'm getting at. I, I think there's yeah. an whether he was going to respond negatively or positively, I think you have to do that as a coach, whether it's John DeFilippo, uh whether it's Doug Marone, whether it's even Nick Foles, and go over there and say, man, we we got to get you to Dane
2: ball, yeah. right? And, and you know what? You're absolutely right, but it is interesting, Brent, because at least the teams that I've been on and the coaches that I've played for and the cultures that I've been a part of And let's be honest, a lot of those teams weren't really that good. The sense was never the fact, especially on defense because that's what I played, where somebody would come in and be like, you know what, that's on me. We have to put you guys in better positions to succeed. It was more about you guys need to do this better. You you guys need to execute better. You guys need to focus better. So it's almost like there's there's definitely an ego involved with coaching sometimes. And as bad as this may sound, I don't think a lot of coaches want to admit blame. And, and admit that maybe they were wrong. But once again, when we're talking about Leonard Fournette only getting eight rushes, I mean, you you can't justify it, right? So if you're a coach, you have to come forward and say, and it has to happen on the plane Brent, right after the game, but, if, but here's the catch-22 about that then, Brent. So say you're John Filippo, Say you're Doug Marone after that Colts game. You guys just got beat. You guys got mollywhopped. Leonard Fournette gets the ball eight times. You're sitting on the plane, you go to Leonard Fournette, whether you're offensive coordinator or you're head coach. Leonard, man you know what, this one's on me because we can get you the ball enough. If I'm Leonard Fournette, number one, I'm still frustrated. Oh, yeah. All right? I, that doesn't I, make me feel I, better. I haven't got over it. But number two, I'm asking, why didn't you? Why why didn't you give me the ball then? You know, it's as simple as that because I get it. Towards the end of the game, the ball the game got out of control and you had to pass. I understand that aspect. But, but for three quarters, you didn't but, have to. But to completely neglect one of your best players in your team, and, and, and I say literally just neglect him. If I'm Leonard Fournette, I'm like – that's cool and everything, but still, I want an explanation why it didn't happen. Like, yeah. y- y- you can say
1: I'm sorry, but why? Like, yeah, you can and, give me an explanation. Well, why. and I would think that would have to be part of it. I mean, because quite frankly, I I, I believe. We all ask the same things Sunday yeah. night, Monday, Tuesday. Still asking today. I said yesterday on the show, you can, you know, their defense gave up 264 yards. The the fans and a lot of people are rolling their eyes at Todd Wash, but I can guarantee you, the guy that got the most eye rolls in that building on Monday, I I think was John D. Filippo, because yeah. of how he handled it. So he's not. My point is, Fournette's not alone in asking why, and I would think part of the conversation is here. Here's the deal: we thought this. Well, it, it was rough Well, I yeah, mean, no, what no, no, do you want to do? You can't go back.
2: But no, no, I get you can't go back, Brent, but he's your he's your best player probably. I mean, I, I know DJ Trucks up there, but to me, he's the best player on no, offense. Oh, he's right? no doubt the best so, player on offense. So I get it. Maybe you had a different game plan, but to not give your best player the football and to say maybe like, oh, we forgot. No, this isn't like a Kevin McAllister home alone situation <laughs> where you, you, you just forgot Kevin at home. and Oh, no, we forgot Kevin at home. No, Leonard Fournette's on the sidelines, man. You know he's there. So why didn't he get the ball? And, and I feel like, there's no justification to a right answer. All you're going to say is, We thought Nick Foles could win us the game. That's the only explanation I could ever understand. And even at that standpoint, to put the game in Nick Foles' hands, I still don't understand, Brent. Look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> Nicely <laughs> the, done. The, uh, Easy on
1: the Pepsi. I i think, I guess what I'm saying is, once I come up to you as coach and yeah. you're Leonard Fournette and I say, Listen, we effed up. We, yeah, I mean, I can't believe this is what it is. Forty-seven and nine, we screwed it up. We we thought we could attack him with the pass, maybe open up the run. It didn't work, but we should have gone back to the run. I, uh, we're sorry. Yeah. You know, we gotta we gotta we gotta fix that. That's mm-hmm. totally on me. I mean, it's not gonna make you feel better, but it's yeah. totally on me. Sure. I don't. Uh, outside of that, I you gotta accept it. I mean, what else does no, it do? So it is what it is. <laughs> but and they gotta fix it. And they yeah. got to go maybe the other way now because now they got to feed the cat. I think there's a responsibility for the NFL guys sometimes, especially again. You're, you're your own brand, you know. You're it's a big year. He put a lot into this year. He needs to now make up those carries. Yeah, it might not all come next this week, but over the course of the rest of the season, he needs to make up those carries. Mm-hmm. They need to get him the football in the end zone, near the end zone. There's a little bit of that goes into it, mm-hmm. especially if you're not even in the playoff mix. Then you start getting him the ball even more. Uh, by the way, one other note, Vita de Louis, You can go see Cam at Panavida Liquors, first liquor store to carry in Yeho and Reposado, and that started today, right near the wind Dixie at Solana Road. So go see Panavida Liquors. When we come back, we put a boat on the show. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. We're gonna go rapid fire because I had a couple of topics to get to. It's next.
5: I think he's playing uh, extremely well. I mean, I faced him four times when we were in Buffalo. Um, you know, where uh, right now I think he's playing better than, than than I've ever seen him play. You know, he's he's a percentage, the red zone. He can scramble, he can run. Um, he's throwing it into tight windows. Um, you know, he's he's playing very well.
1: That's Doug Marone on Ryan Tannehill. You're afraid of Ryan Tannehill, aren't you? Are you okay over there? Are you looking at jerseys?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just saw the new Did the NBA the come Milwaukee. out with a bunch of new jerseys? Well, no, so every single year they have a thing called like the NBA City Edition jerseys. So it's kind of like an alternate jersey, basically. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I just saw the Milwaukee Bucks one, and that's going to be a winner. <laughs> Cream City coming after. But, yes, to answer your question, am I afraid of Ryan Tannehill? No. But. <laughs> You've been very complimentary of Well, because, let's be honest, Brent, the Titans right now, they're in playoff contention. And a lot of it has to do with Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think when Mariota went out, uh it kind of sparked something for whatever reason. And I, I don't have the answer for you, but it sparked something in their offense. You know, all of a sudden, now A.J. Brown's starting to become more of a viable option. And when Corey Davis comes back, I assume he'll be a viable option. John Rue Smith, who I never heard of before until this season, has been a viable option at the tight end spot. So I just think Ryan Tannehill is not necessarily winning games, but he's not losing them either. So I'm not afraid of him, though, Brent. I'll fight him if I have to. <laughs> well, what's up? Uh, are we gonna travel to, to Nashville on Sunday? I'll
1: go. I'm not going. No. Let's um, make the trip. The here's a crazy stat on Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Ten for ten in red zone opportunities. As in ten touchdowns. That's what I, so, that's yeah. what I read. Ten, wow. uh, folks out of Nashville said ten yeah. for ten.
0: Well, they probably not you know getting what? in there enough. No, is that, I'm that's, of them.
1: That's kind no. of the story in Tennessee, yeah. is they're not getting there enough. Sure. But holy cow, I mean, he's cashing in when he's getting there, and that's a big stat. I mean, that's a stat we've, already, we've talked about at length yeah. with the Jags not being able to get in there and getting it done. So uh, that's your crazy crazy Ryan Tannehill stat. Ryan Tannehill stat. Uh, a couple quick hitters. Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR champ, mm-hmm. 07 time, yeah. and retiring in uh, 2020, one final ride. He's been kind of like off the radar. I, I expected this to come soon. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys at his age, over the years now, from Dale Jr. to Carl Edwards to Jeff Gordon to whatever. When they get up to about this, the mid 40s, I think it is. They say, "Okay, I'm about done." And Jimmy Johnson's in great shape. He loves to run and bike and all this stuff, uh, but he's uh, hanging it up after one final ride in 2020 be remembered as one of the greats of all time
2: well and that's the thing he definitely is one of the greats of all time but in my opinion he was born in the wrong era because if you put him back with jeff gordon dale earnhardt or even go before that he's probably the greatest driver ever brent i mean this is a guy who literally won five consecutive
1: nascar championships yeah five they had it figured out, which is kind of crazy that they fall fallen off so much, yeah. you know, because they had it they had it all well, going.
2: And, and to be fair, though, I mean, like, and I get it, NASCAR, as I think, as a sport in general, it's it's not as big as it used to be, but I think he was born in the wrong era. But can, props to him,
1: though. I think great he'll great take driver. this era with the well, success that he had.
2: He'll take any era, but I'm just saying, if you're doing you those championships back in Gordon's era, yeah, you're the best of all time.
1: Great, Don't. great driver, Hall of Famer, of course, uh, for sure, for Jimmy Johnson. Uh, college Football Playoff Committee, just a real quick thought on that. That happened last night, the rankings. Uh, it's... It, it Are was, you okay? You yeah, good? yeah. The Alabama thing where they're sitting is okay. I thought of two things though. One, what's really interesting: if Oregon wins their Big Twelve championship and they get pitted against Alabama for that final spot, say Georgia gets kicked out, yeah. so it's going. It looks like Oregon, whoever the wins that Pac Twelve, will be able to jump ahead. Oregon or Utah. Oregon be, or Utah. Yeah. But if you go back and look, Oregon will have lost to Auburn, and that would mean Alabama would have beaten Auburn. And so that's the head-to-head kind of matchup you're looking at, even though one was at the early part of the season, one's at the late part of the season. Yeah. Be very interesting yeah. to see how that plays, especially if Alabama plays really well and with Mac Jones and they look okay without Tua. Going in right now, you like, nah, no chance. Oregon's going to hurdle them regardless, even if they beat – they might win that Auburn game but by a field goal or a touchdown or whatever. But if they look super impressive with Mac Jones – yeah and all, and and that's what you're measuring, I still think Oregon probably gets in because I think they'll value the Big 12 championship, and I think they're really trying to get the big – I'm sorry, the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. The Pac-12 championship, I think they're trying to get the Pac-12 in there, quite frankly. Uh, of course. Uh, the other thing I thought of is um, – but keep in mind, Alabama's only loss, and I have not been a big Alabama fan here, mm-hmm. but their only loss would be the number one LSU. Well, so.
2: and to prove the point of your team that you picked for the playoff, Utah – they got beat by USC.
1: USC who's okay. now in the top Whoops. 25, but eh, it's it's so not it's a good whatever. Look. Yeah. And uh, my other thought Big 12 looks like they're out. Oklahoma or Baylor, they're too far down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they get back into it. You got to stay in your lane. Hurry up. Ooh, screws hit it real quick, and then. All right,
2: turn it off. Turn turn the car off. It's not starting. (laughs) All right. I see It with a little games trip. So, so, okay, one minute. Uh, Cruise control real quick. Tony Khan going out to you. know, this is cruise control and pump your brakes. Tony Tony Khan's been on Twitter, man, and he's been feuding. CM Punk started out by saying that uh, it's weird to catch up on five years of wrestling, of being out of it. Uh, But I'm here to say that I'm going to do my best, basically, to summarize it. He tagged Tony Khan and Vince McMahon in it, two owners of two different wrestling companies. Smart move on CM Punk. Punk's, CM Punk's part. Tony Khan responds, no one is safe. Sounds like a plane full of wrestlers in Saudi Arabia. Direct KO directed towards the WWE, but he wasn't done there. Randy Orton from the WWE comes back and says, what's this whole thing about glass houses and stones? He, he shared a story about Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, being investigated for corruption. Remember that yeah, whole story? Yeah. Brought his dad into it. Was to it. Yeah. Tony Khan responds, I thought you only tagged me in your posts when you were grasping for leverage. The article's over a year old. Is It's about his baseless claims have made about my dad that happened years ago that's the best you can do nothing meanwhile in the time since that was written you used the n word on twitch which he did so Randy Orton KO'd or should I say RKO'd
1: yeah I mean how about that because what about
2: Tony Khan being the owner of a business and you're going Lethal on people. Well, hey, I'd in that business, you can
1: do it, it feels like, well, more so than maybe the other ones, whether and, it's football or the soccer. Or,
2: and you know what? And, and you know, With all the respect to Randy Orton, who I'm a big fan of, but don't go after someone's family like that, man.
1: Yeah. Just don't, don't do uh, it. That was a knockout punch from Tony Khan. Tony Khan It was over. Oh, yeah. Just like that. Yeah, so was our knockout. show. We'll see you on TV, CBS 47 and Fox 30.